Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast, episode number 24. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. This week on the podcast, I'm speaking with another director in film, uh, talking sci-fi and origins of filmmaking in reference to the guest, and uh, and jumping around in, in, in his life and in his process for a while. So strap in. Uh, before we jump into it, though, I do want to remind you that this podcast is available in video form on YouTube. If you do want to watch along versus just listen, you could find it there by searching the Eddie Conversation podcast. If you're a fan of the show and dig what I do here and enjoy these conversations, please consider uh, leaving a like, subscribing, reviewing, whatever platform you're listening on. It'd be much appreciated. Um, But yeah, I guess... Let's jump into it, shall we? Episode 24 featuring Scott Baker. Thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. You are Scott Baker. I am. You are, I I think of you as first and foremost director. I think I met you, I worked with you on set for the first time. You were in the director chair, I believe. But you also do steady cam work mm-hmm. and uh, DP, director mm-hmm. of photography. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything else on top of that you like that you consider? Uh, edit, uh, write. Um, I dabble in acting when there's something. You know, a little bit of everything. You double. You dabble in acting when there's yeah. something. Oh yes, yes. I have seen your posts about. Because, yeah, like, a, like a for, the for fun stuff, right? Yeah, you well, um, yeah, I mean, so, it, I mean, I guess if, if you want to start into, like, my journey into filmmaking. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, when, when, I was, when I was a wee lad, um, I, I wanted to be an actor. And uh, so I was in uh, school plays and church plays and community theater and things like that. And then um, when I got my hands on a video camera, uh, got together with my friends in like junior high, high school and started mm-hmm. just making little videos because I wanted to act in them. Um, and then along the process of doing that, it was like I became a writer and a director and a cinematographer and an editor because I was learning all those things so that I could use the camera and make these little like mm-hmm. short skits and stuff like that to act in and then kind of started to more fall in love with that aspect of, of the filmmaking process. So when you say we lad, yeah, uh-huh. how old are you talking here? Uh, I try to think of, I mean, I was in school plays, like in elementary school, like third grade in, yeah, starting in that. So that's what, uh, six, hmm. seven, eight, eight, nine years old, something Dang. like that. I started doing like yeah. school plays and church plays and, you know, we had like the, uh, um, the 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 Christmas nativity play and stuff like that. You yeah, know, yeah. and getting getting like the step up from the the uh, uh, background shepherd to to the innkeeper that has to turn Mary and Joseph away and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, this is my big break. <laughs> right, right. I get a line. You know. But and then when did the when did the cameras come into play then? Because that's that's the acting side. Yeah, yeah. Of at least the yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to say, how old was I? So my my dad had a, had a VHS camera that I got to, I got to play around with, and that would that would have been like, 
think I think it was like the summer between junior high and high school, like like the summer before my ninth grade was when I started to play around with that. I started doing like little stop motion. Okay. Yeah. So like that bridge between middle school and high school. Kind yeah. Of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because actually in 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 eighth grade, I think it was, I had a uh, I took I took a, a a video class, and it was like. Dot motion animation and stuff mm, like that, and mm. so I started to fool around with that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, I said, got access to my dad's camera and started kind of making my own stuff. And then, um, met met uh, my buddy Phil, and we started making stupid stuff because he wanted to be a uh, uh, he wanted to be like a makeup effects artist because he loved horror movies mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm. So that was like a perfect match because it's like he wanted to, you know. Let's do something where you get your finger chopped off, and I'll do the makeup and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna. All right. So just to, I want to jump around a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So. That's We Lad uh -huh. Scott. Yeah. I, the the Scott when I first met you or or be or like even saw you and you were talking at the table, mm -hmm. which is the which was that like filmmaker networking filmmaker group. networking group mm -hmm. um you had just come out of you were just come out of making fifth passenger and releasing mm -hmm. that and you had the flyers you're mm -hmm. handing out and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and you okay yes yeah, so there's fifth passenger that's how yes. i that's how first and foremost how i see you it's like all right he's a sci-fi guy yes and the star trek uh all the star trek actors and we can talk about all that kind of cool sure. stuff too um and then you were always open to uh, your thing. Would you would mention is you crowdfunded for to make that movie, mm -hmm. and you're always open about like, all right, if anybody wants to like pick my brain and learn some stuff, grab coffee, mm -hmm. whatever that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, yeah, so you helped me through through my process for my movie, yeah, yeah. which is coming soon. Dates dates to, TBD. Yeah, to a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> no theaters, unfortunately. <laughs> But regardless, all right, uh -huh. Fifth Passenger, uh -huh. that was your most recent big project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I don't know if you, is there anything to talk about with um, what what's coming next or what you're working on now or what the Scott Baker mm. of, of today is? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh... You know, sitting in my in my room drinking no, coffee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the sky maker of today. So, uh, yeah, actually, right now I'm I am in the middle of uh, a production on a mm. uh, a short horror film called Flicker that is um, part of an anthology. You know, one of these ones where they they take like ten short horror films and smash them together and release it as a feature. Mm -hmm. uh, so, because of because of Fifth Passenger. Um, a, a, one of the one of the producers of this project liked like my directing and uh, approached me with this script uh, for this one and, and asked me to to uh, direct it with a um, rather modest budget but it's horror and it's a you know it's a small piece that's mm -hmm. um, you know say contained but um, so yeah so I'm, I'm in the middle right now uh, we, we we shot one day on it it's um, it, it, it's interesting because I think there's definitely restraints that we've all had to deal with because of covid and and um things like that and and one of the things that that we're that we're dealing with is 
you know, crew size and the exposure to people mm -hmm. and things like that. And so it's almost a kind of um, uh, almost a benefit in a way to to like indie filmmakers because you can you can put together a small crew and 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 uh, work and almost use that as an excuse to say, okay, we're going to do this on a skeleton crew with mm -hmm. very, very few people. So, so on, on this particular project, I'm directing and I'm also the cinematographer on it, which I, I normally wouldn't ever do on a project. Um, it, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's something you just kind of like fool around making a sketch for YouTube or, or, or something like that, I might, but, but for, for something like this is like, you know, it has distribution and, you know, trying to trying to do everything um, legit. It's uh, um, we're we're just in this in this this unique world where now we got to see how small can we can we put a crew together, how few mm -hmm. people can we have in a room, you know, to shoot a project, and and so yeah, so that's that's what I'm 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 currently in, involved in as as far as directing goes. Um, we've got got a couple more days to shoot on that. I'm 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 pretty excited. About it, it's it's a fun little, um, I want to say like a, like a Jacob's Ladder kind of mm. kind of story, Twilight Zone kind of horror, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is like totally my jam, and yeah. that's like um, you know as as a kid growing up, um, watched a lot of Twilight Zone and and Star Trek and um, things like that, and that that's kind of like what's like shaped my shaped my mind as far as like my voice and filmmaking and things like that is definitely definitely the twilight zone kind of stuff where you're um sometimes sci-fi you're sometimes horror sometimes it's fantasy but but it's all it's all about um dealing with ethical and moral problems the human condition people dealing with their own mortality um th those kind of things where the the sci-fi horror fantasy elements are are sort of cover for for that for that philosophical discussion that that you're having um, and that's that that's to me is what what has sort of intrigued me along my journey as a filmmaker and is is bringing those things in and it's not just like oh we're trying to scare you or oh we're having you know spaceships and aliens for the laser guns and the and the fights mm -hmm. and, and all that's fun but to me that's sort of that's sort of the window dressing for having having the you know the conversations um you know i i like to read a lot and and i feel like when you're when you're reading a novel it's like you're having a discussion with the author and and i feel film should kind of be that same way where the filmmaker is having a discussion with the audience where they're they're posing questions and they're 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 making statements for you to evaluate and sort of consider with your with your own life and and obviously, there's an element of entertainment, like I said, to you know, explosions and you know, laser swords and things. Sure, but, sure. Um, but it's about a, it's about a conversation, I think. So, what uh, questions or or conversations are most exciting to you right now, or what? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think you know, I, 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 I feel like I rarely kind of get persuaded by like current events sort of mm -hmm. things. So, like, I, like I'm not. I'm not interested, really, to be honest, in having a conversation about you know quarantine and and COVID viruses and you know whatever the, the isolation isolation and, and what Trump represents or, or any of those sort of current affairs sort of sure, stuff. Like sure. I think I, I think there's a place for that, but but to me, it's always about like larger you know philosophical issues. Um, 
uh, like, like I said, about, about, about the human condition mm -hmm. and about, about our own existential crises that we have, dealing with our own mortality and, and, and kind of like understanding our place in the world and understanding our place in the universe and what, what does that mean like to me as you know, being an atheist and, and, and looking at uh, the sort of worldview of um, we're all this sort of just this you know, speck of dust floating in, in the vastness of mm -hmm. the universe and, and kind of dealing with that and, and, and what does that mean um, as far as like what, what is the, the meaning and the purpose we put to our own lives and, and all those sort, sorts yeah, of yeah. things. Those are, those are the conversations I, I like those, to have. Those are like heavy that. conversations. Yeah, yeah, and I, th I think that, that to me, because that's, right. that's, that, that's what it's all about. Um, like uh, as, as, as a director, um, I don't, I don't get the opportunity to make that many projects, you know, and so I, I want to I wanna make each thing kind of meaningful and, and have something to say, right? Yeah. So in reference to that, what, let's say when it comes to making Fifth Passenger, like what, mm -hmm. what topics were you tackling for that for people that haven't had a chance to check it out yet? Yeah, well, you know, you know, Fifth Passenger, the, the, the story is about five people in an escape pod after their spaceship blows up. So it's this lifeboat in space. And so it's about dealing with those, those the, the sort of lifeboat type issues. Like, like if, if, if you and I are in a, in a, in a place and um, uh, uh, our, our survival is, is not guaranteed and maybe by me killing you that ensures my survival mm -hmm. how does like morals and ethics and things like that come into play you know like if there's not enough air there's not enough food for both of us like like is it right or is it wrong like hey if we both live we're both gonna die but if i kill you maybe i get to live longer like mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. like um you know i think i think those 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 types of of, of things are, are 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 interesting and 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 also it gets into um uh uh uh, things about um, uh, about confinement and about isolation and like how that can how that can 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 mess with with the human mind and, and stuff like that um, and so yeah those are those are kind of the issues about about survival and about mm -hmm. our our instincts um, as far as you know us being animals and when you when you strip away society and, and you and you strip away all these things that 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 we these, these these like constructs that that we have made so that we can we can all interact with which are necessary when you've got you know billions of people living on a planet there has to be rules there has to be guidelines and this is how everybody interacts and survives with each other in a sort of in a in a civil manner right and air quotes civil. yeah 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 <laughs> civil um, and. And, and, and all those things are, are, are necessary and understandable, but, but you, you put people in, in an extreme situation and you, you strip away all that, all that civility and then, mm -hmm. then what, what are you left with? You know, uh, you have somebody there, like, like I, love, I love Gilligan's Island as a kid. And that, that, was, that was kind of a, um, a very relevant sort of thing in that sense where you, where you have, you know, you have the millionaire and his wife and you have the professor and you have, but it, it, like on the island, everybody's equal. Like actually on the island, the millionaire and his wife are like bottom of the, bottom of the rung because they, they don't have any skills. They don't have anything to contribute. Like, cause, cause their money doesn't mean anything there, mm -hmm. but for them, they still hold on to that. Like they, they still, you know, they, they, they still walk around with their heirs and they try to have like fancy picnics and because that's, that's, 
that's what they know. That's what that's what they're like. The, the power and their meaning and everything comes from comes from that. And so so they have to desperately hold on to that because they don't have anything else. But on the but but everybody else doesn't recognize that. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, that that doesn't mean anything here on the island. It's about survival. We gotta catch fish. We gotta build a build a radio out of coconuts and make a boat and you know things like that. And um, so it's it's it, it, it's it's that kind of stuff that I, I find. And interesting, and I tried to um, have those kind of conversations mm-hmm. in, in, in Fifth Passenger. You know? Yeah, no, I feel, I guess one thing that was going through my mind when you were talking about that in, in reference to, like, I guess, maybe in some aspect of what's going on right now is, uh, I remember the fun fact, I don't know, it's not even a fun fact, <laughs> but, like, I think the, 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 the fact was society is, like, two weeks away from total just you can crumble in two i think it was two weeks that is fun where where if (laughs) it's very fun so let's say if the if the virus hit and it were bad enough to where Mm -hmm. the uh, essential workers weren't willing to go to work and with worth and risk dying Mm -hmm. the truck drivers stopped driving Mm -hmm. the people stopped stocking the stores and within two weeks everything is like yeah, yeah. gone and then that makes me think it's like all right well how would i act in that situation yeah i don't know if have you thought yeah yeah, yeah. there's that yeah yeah well, I, and I, that's that's what it, uh, has always interested me about about zombie movies and, and things like that is is yeah and, and i've heard that it's something to say i've heard somebody say that we're we're only nine meals away. Three days. I don't know two weeks is too long yeah know. yeah yeah i've heard i've heard that we're we're, we're uh, nine meals away from anarchy that, that always that's the thing mm. nine, nine meals away from anarchy in that sense of like if 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 people don't have access to food that they can that they can legally obtain through buying at the store or, or growing or, or whatnot yeah there's, there's going to be anarchy because people are going to want to feed their children and you can't blame mm-hmm. them for doing whatever it takes to to feed their children yeah, it's right? a survival instinct you're talking yeah, yeah. about yeah. yeah yeah and and that and that's that's what i've always found interesting um about about zombie movies is that mm-hmm. that like uh, breakdown of society and the anarchy and and all the like like what happens in that that uh, post apocalyptic sort of thing like I love post apocalyptic stories like Mad Max uh-huh. and stuff like that um, yeah yeah those are I think I don't know if it's you know growing up in you know the, the 80s during during the Cold War and stuff like that and how he's like having that as sort of like a looming threat when I was a kid I remember mm. you know oh you know any day. You know, you know, the Russia could could uh, uh, the Soviet Union could could send nukes over to us and and nuke us into oblivion and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I I love those kind of conversations and and, and films about about mm-hmm. those topics and um, exploring that. Yeah, yeah, because we're all that's another okay the who we are question, like you right. said, as mm-hmm. the the atheist perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially, or just human perspective too, mm-hmm. with with um, with the isolation as well, where we're thinking. I know a lot of people have just you have the chance to sit with yourself mm-hmm. and do nothing for a lot of time. You're kind of stuck in your brain, trying to figure out what's going on and who you are and what you're really providing for the world, and mm-hmm. if you're happy doing X and what whatnot. Yeah. So, putting yourself in the situation, or not even putting yourself, finding yourself in a situation like that where everything is stripped, you're kind of forced to. You're forced to become the person that you actually are. Yeah, and that's. It's. I'm curious to, 
I guess like when you're writing too, I wonder how do you approach deciding like how much do people really change from mm -hmm. the society version to the dystopian version? Like how yeah. different are we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that, that that's an interesting question, and 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 um, I I I like to think about um, you know with 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 like Fifth Passenger in particular, you know, uh, like I said with 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 the Gilligan's Island thing is 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 you have people that that are super adaptable and fluid and will immediately turn on a dime and, and, and adapt to that new situation that's that's happening and and so and so and so you want to have characters in there that, that do that. And then and then you have other characters that that are so stubborn and, and refuse to, to to like adapt to the new situation. Yeah, they're cling they're clinging to Right, right, yeah. right, to the to the old world or the old model or whatever that is. And so okay if we if we I I can just hold on to this and, and we can we can go back to how things were or we can go back to normal, right? And 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 I think and that's that's the conflict and that's the dynamic and I think that's what's that's what's interesting about screenwriting is is like bringing those types of characters together, you know, and then you know then you, you throw in a character that you know, doesn't isn't attached to, to is, is is somewhere in the middle. Just wants everybody to get along, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's and that's what that's the sort of uh, uh, there's sort of the 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 ship of fools um, like story archetype, right? Is is throwing different characters together in a in an extreme situation, mm -hmm. just like seeing how they interact and, and, and forcing those dynamics and those conversations and, and, and things like that for sure. And uh, how do you see yourself? Um, you know, I I I don't think I'm 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 any any of those sort of things completely. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm rather adaptive to new situations, but also, you know, I mean, in, in you know, looking looking at the world as it is right now, there's there's that part of me that says, man, I just want the stuff to go back to how it was. Mm -hmm. I just want to go back to the movie theater. I want to. Make movies that go up to play in the movie theater, and I, you know, I, I want to go back to that world, right? Um, but like, I, I also understand how things things are going, and it's okay now. I'm trying to like chart a new path, you know. But because I'm I'm not in my twenties anymore, you know. So there's like there's there's a certain amount of like how how adaptable can I afford to be or 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 whatever in that sense like um, I, I built a skill set like and you know if if it came to if there was a world where you know making films wasn't wasn't a part of that world anymore like what would I do what would I be doing with my life and my career mm -hmm. and stuff like that you know and, and I don't honestly know um, because I've spent at least the last 20 years working on being a filmmaker and 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 taking those jobs and 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 working in that in that industry and getting those skills and, and making those connections and, and, and things like that um, so you know I just want to keep making films and you know just keep doing that until the day I die I guess uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> I guess I mean you know well it's it's definitely you're describing the the, fr the freelancer mindset for sure the, yeah. the gig to gig the mm -hmm. just doing what I love and we'll see where it takes me and yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 
Yeah, and I, I just got a um, just got a gig for uh, April. Uh, I'll be in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, doing doing steady cam mm. on a feature mm. um, for like a month or so. I'll be out there. So, um, you know, so features and you know films are, are are kicking back up again. So it's it's good, and I'm excited. So I don't have to um, you know I don't have to quit the uh, filmmaker lifestyle and go on to, to something else. Sure, quite yet. <laughs> yeah, we're not at, we're not at that point. No, yet. no, no. It's it's still happening. Yeah, the dream is still alive. So that's great. Yeah, great. yeah. Congrats yeah, on the yeah. gig. Yeah, thanks. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, oh. I was just gonna say, you know, you know, directing and the uh, uh, directing the short film is you know the the mm -hmm. the horror film is more. More exciting to me, obviously, because it's 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 ultimately what 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 I want to continue to do, and what like if I was like doing just one thing, it, it would probably be it would probably be uh, a directing. But um, um, I do love doing camera work. I, I like it's it's so much fun to be on set and to work with the camera and to to be working with with the other people on set and to to being part of creating that vision of, of somebody else and um, traveling on on a show is is fun. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, you know, I, I feel like I never get tired of that, but I, I know that there's going to be a point in time where, you know, I'm 65 years old and I don't want to be like lugging a camera around. Steady cam. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, at, at some point maybe I'll just well, want to like, like, you know, you know, my body won't be as willing as my mind to, to sure, be, sure. to be doing that kind of stuff. But well, until that's then. That's when you just DP, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What's his sit, name? Sit, sit, sit behind a monitor and, you know. And you tell the city came up what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But I did want to. All right, before we transition into talking about that kind of work, mm -hmm. I was I wanted to ask the okay, in reference to the dystopianness of of Scott Baker. Oh yes, yes. I was curious on taking the question I asked and kind of leveling it up a little bit sure. just to see. So I'm I kind of want to go with like the lost. You know, like the lost method. So okay. you're on a plane, you're traveling somewhere, and uh -huh. you guys crash land on an island, Gilligan's uh -huh. Island style. Right. What uh -huh. what position do you imagine yourself taking on this island with this, you know, the handful of, you know, dozen people? Are you uh -huh. are you the type to try to take control and help corral everybody and figure out what's going on? Are you the type to stand back and kind of scheme on everybody? Or like what's what's mm. kind of yeah, I think um, uh, I I feel like I'm a I'm very like like a read the room kind of person, right? Where I'm like I'm gonna kind of evaluate mm -hmm. the situation and and I think um, I think my my instinct would be to like look around and say, okay, well, is is there somebody that's more competent than me? <laughs> that's that's already taking charge and kind of making sure that things are happening, or is there like a, a a power vacuum and there needs to be somebody to step up to make sure that things are going right, right? And so, um, depending on the other people that that I'm with, you know, like I feel like I'm not the kind of person that, that feels the need to be in charge, but I'm willing to do that if the need is there for me to do that, mm -hmm. right? In in that sense, you know, because I I've I've been. I've been in situations like that where um, I was I was on a shoot years and years ago, and we were we were coming back from it, and it was like me and the the director and one of the other camera guys. It was a um, it was, I was doing some some 
work for these churches out out in out in Inland Empire, and we were we were driving on the freeway, and there was there was a um, we got passed by by this by the motorcyclist who was like doing a wheelie, like zipping past us, going like eighty miles an hour doing a wheelie, mm -hmm. and two minutes later we come upon him. He has crashed on the freeway, and uh, we stopped to you know because he had just crashed, and so you know there was there was cars coming on the freeway, it wasn't super busy, but it was a sort of like emergency situation, like oh my god, you know somebody's got to call nine one one, and let's make sure that nobody hits him because he's lying on the freeway and stuff like that, and so there was a bit of like. Um, people not being sure what to do, and you know, I realized that there was nobody, you know, making sure that that cars weren't hitting him and like you know, you know, diverting traffic. So you know, I, I asked somebody to do that, and then asked somebody else. And it wasn't like I wanted to be in charge, and I felt the need to do that. But I, I just, I noticed there was nobody that was doing that thing, and yeah. so I felt okay. Well, somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta step up and make sure that this guy doesn't get run over by a car. So let's let's divert traffic over here, kind of thing. And so, yeah. So and and, and that that's kind of how how I feel. But if there was somebody else that was already doing it. I don't have this like ego need to be like oh I need to be the one in charge to save the day you know that's not really that's that that's not really my nature I'm I'm just as well sitting on the sidelines watching if if I feel like the situation's being handled appropriately but yeah like I said if I'm 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 willing to step up if you know I feel like uh, uh, the situation's not being handled okay. you know yeah okay because I I for myself uh -huh. I always imagine like. All right, because we're we're not like we're not big dudes here, you know. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna if I'm on an island, I'm not gonna be powerhousing and you know, uh, alpha alpha style fighting somebody to leadership. Like right, I, it's right. got to be a thought out process uh -huh. where I need to get along with people uh -huh. and I need to be like squirming and like run away a lot <laughs> and like be really sneaky and <laughs> be in the shadows. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I've thought about it a little bit. With, oh, I see. With, okay. It's not. I do like the idea, because let's say being a, being a director in general, mm -hmm. you kind of you're kind of like developing the part of the brain where you can delegate and you can kind of come up with the decisions quickly. That's that's the job is right. making decisions. Right. So it does feel like it is the natural place. It's like all right, everybody. Like I have I have some ideas here. Mm -hmm. Ideally, it could be a collaborative effort where you're right. where you're pitching them to the to to your fellow uh, crash-landed people, yeah, and uh, yeah, and and I think and I think that that does kind of dovetail with with my directing style. You know, um, there, you know, there, there, there's the idea that you can um, you you can push people to where you want them to go, or you can try to pull people to where you want them to go, or you can walk alongside them where where you want them to go. You know, mm, and poetic, yeah, uh, and 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 I like. Uh, you know, you know the latter thing of, um, you know, you know, for me, I I like getting talented people together and and say, okay, well, you're the you're the cinematographer on this project, and this is what I want to do in general, mm -hmm. but you 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 bring your voice to this and 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 you do it how you want to do it, and you and I will work together, and you're you're the costumer, and this is generally what I want the costumes to look like, but I'm gonna let you decide all the specifics on how everything goes 
as long as it fits within the story and it doesn't you know cause major conflicts and you know same with same with the composer and same with the the makeup artist and and, and, and everything along the way um, that that sort of collaborative process where where I'm helping to you know to lead everybody towards that common goal where everybody feels like they have ownership of that thing that part that they're doing mm -hmm. and it's not like okay this is this is my complete vision and this is how everything I want to be and because I um, you know, it's not it, it's not about disparaging people who have that because for some for some directors that that works and there's some of the the best cinema that that's been made is people who have that mindset. You know, um, it's just not my style. You know, and 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 again, it's it's not about disparaging that and, and thinking that there, there's anything wrong with the sort of. Uh, tyrannical mentality about it. I mean, I mean, definitely you can get into issues as far as like abusing people and, and, and not making like a safe, safe and, and, and uh, equitable working conditions and things like that. But as far as like um, creatively and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that, I, I like to have input because I, 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 I like to think that I don't know everything about everything. I feel like I know a little bit about everything as far as each department and what they do, and you know, obviously, I know a lot about the camera department and 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 things like that. And and, and coming coming from that background, I, I always you know ha have a lot in that. But but I also want to trust the other people to do what they do and, and to put their input because um, you know somebody else is going to have an idea that 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 I'm never going to think of. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you know they might have they might suggest an idea and I don't like it, and I say eh, yeah, well, okay, that was a great idea, but we're not going to do it. You know, and it's not yeah. But, but I always want that input there, and I always want people to be, you know, comfortable, um, you know, having having their, their ideas and, and that sort of spontaneity on set and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, you know, sometimes there, there's, a, there's a place where things just kind of have to be done a certain way, you know, mm -hmm. do a lot of, like, like Fifth Passenger had a lot of, it had VFX, and we had, like, practical effects with, like, a, a, an yeah. alien creature that, that was a puppet, and, and so... Scenes like that, I would have very strictly storyboard and be like, okay, we're going to do this shot, then we do this shot, and then we do this shot, and we can't we can't deviate from that that plan unless we have a very clear plan to replace it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like because like I'm I as an editor too, I'm thinking, okay, how 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 are we going to edit this shot? You know, like especially stuff with like like the little animatronic puppet alien, right? You you have it's just this thing that somebody's got their hand up its button and making it move and and you got to make it look like it's attacking somebody and and, yeah, yeah. and things like that and it's like okay well how can we edit from this shot to this shot to make it look real and 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 stuff like that and so if we're just kind of willy-nilly going about it then then we're going to be sitting there at the editing being like okay well we need a shot of this and we we never got that shot so mm -hmm. it's about it's about having that storyboard ahead of time and saying, okay, this is, we're going to go to this shot, and then we cut to this shot, and then we cut to this shot, and this is what we need in order to, 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 to sell yeah. the magic of, of what we're doing with this kind of thing. Um, and it's like, okay, we, you know, we got to stick to this plan. Uh, but, but other than that, I think there's, there, there's always rooms, you know, you got a scene where it's just two people sitting there talking. I mean, there's a hundred different ways that you could shoot that. You know, there, there's no one right way to shoot it, mm -hmm. and you could, you could shoot it. You know, like I said, a hundred different ways, and you're imposed, and now okay, I can cut it together, and, and I can make something work as long as we got all the lines covered in one angle or another. You can, mm -hmm. you know, 
cut away to the fridge or whatever, it doesn't really matter, you know, but uh, certain stuff like VFX and practical effects on set, you know, you have to sort of like... Yeah, especially when you, especially on like the, lim the limited budget worlds, the, because I could imagine when you storyboard your, your VFX stuff, like mm -hmm. I don't I don't know how it was for like Fifth Passenger, but like mm -hmm. the, the VFX house or the, the VFX people are already mm -hmm. kind of working on the assets as you're, or even before you're shooting that you have references for, or I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that way you literally, if you did change your mind, it's like, well, they're already working on it and now yeah, it's going to yeah. cost more to scrap that and start mm -hmm. all over again on this other idea. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, we, we um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally that, that would be the case with, with Fifth Passenger, our, our budget was so small and we sort of uh, raised money as we went along, in, especially with, with like post-production. So we, we didn't have that. I mean, I had an idea what I wanted a lot of the shots to be um, as far as like, the green screen stuff we had to kind of know ahead of time because you got to sort of commit like okay you got an actor in front of a green screen and this is what they're going to be doing and this yeah. is where this is where the effect is going to go and yeah maybe I've had that conversation with with a VFX artist like okay this is what we want to do and what's what's possible uh, or or more more relevant what's possible within our budget to right. do right and they to, give and they give you a quote for that specific thing right right yeah this is how many shots or this is this is mm -hmm. this is what the movement of the camera is going to be because it's it's a whole different world if you're talking about okay well we've got an actor you know sitting in a chair in front of a, a green screen and the camera's not moving and we want to do a thing verse um, like we had uh, scenes where the, all the actors are are standing in a in a set and there, there's there's no green screen but they're like looking at a at a, a, a sort of monitor screen and, and the camera's moving but we want to have something appear on the monitor screen mm -hmm. and it's got a track with the camera mm -hmm. movement and it looked like it's really there and not look like it's all jumping around weird so so they so the the VFX artists are doing tracking and you know all this kind of stuff and and so you know that stuff is more difficult and anything that's more difficult is more expensive so uh, it's about having conversations with them and saying okay well this is this is how we plan to do that um, what's what's easiest for you, which translates mm -hmm. into what's cheapest for us, you know, <laughs> right. to, you know, to do, and yeah. so yeah, and, and and it's about trying to like conform to those sorts of things um, on set, and but 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 you know, otherwise, but still, even within that, you know, there, there's still room for people to to like have creative input and stuff like that, but it's still it's. Um, you know, it's always about uh, yeah, finding that. that so balance, I'm always you know? a fan of the constrictions and whatnot. Kind of, kind of focuses that creative brain on like, all right, these are all of our limitations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's play with that and see, yeah. see what we can mix yeah. up in there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there, there was there was a lot of that with with uh, Fifth Passenger, you know, where um, you know we, we we got into limitations of stuff and we're like, okay, well, how can we turn this limitation into something that works for us? Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, we did we did a lot like like in the editing process you know um, uh, a lot of jumping around in time in the edits where um, we would shoot a bit of something and wouldn't necessarily complete the whole thing but in the the scope of the story you have a lot of um, sort of to compare it to almost like a like like a pulp fiction style you know where you're, you're like jumping around in time back mm -hmm. and forth mm -hmm. between between two kind of storylines and so that that allowed that allowed us to um, to jump in and out of a scene at, at any time that we wanted to 
You know, mm -hmm. so if like mm -hmm. if we didn't get something completely, like oh man, I really wish we had finished that scene, or we didn't get everything that we wanted for this, we could we could jump out of that scene and jump to jump to the other timeline and then jump back into that scene at a later time, yeah. skipping over something that we had missed or 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 something like that. You know. Uh, which which hopefully doesn't come across to the audience as as that, yeah. but it comes across as so that's just sort of the organic way that that the film plays out, and that's what they had planned, you know. But <laughs> yeah. Sure. So as far as okay, because you mentioned as a director mm -hmm. and the the way you like to direct with the with the collaborative back and forth and mm -hmm. like trusting your department heads and all that kind of stuff. For you, being that you have a lot of experience on the camera side like you mentioned mm -hmm. I, it's always like okay like when I think about myself directing too like it's 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 a weird line between how specific is helpful like because you want to be as specific as possible I don't know like it's weird how specific do you try to be on each department mm -hmm. versus okay on departments that you know a lot of versus departments you don't know a lot of so right, you're right. having people that you're working with like how clear is your vision for each mm -hmm. aspect of it or yeah yeah how do you yeah i mean i think i you know it, it is interesting because because i because I, I do have a lot of experience in camera it, it tends to be very specific yeah you know, say well, okay well we're gonna we're gonna shoot this lens and this is this is the type of camera movement that we're gonna do and this is the shot i want and you know everything like that where and then, there, yeah. there we go to makeup and i'm like uh, <laughs> make the guy looks like he's dead you know I'm, I'm not gonna be like yeah use this brush with this shade of blue and you know like i i like you know, I, I work with um, I work with 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 uh, Thomas E. Supernaut, which is a, a he's a, a like a two time Emmy award winning makeup artist for he's worked on like all the Star Trek shows and mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and um, Donnie Darko and you know a ton of you know films. He's a you know a world class makeup artist who does practical effects and aliens and he did all the alien stuff on on Fifth Passenger and and I never presumed to tell him. Even <laughs> it's just like he, he amazes me. You know, he's he's sure, he's yeah. he's he's a, he's a magician and does what he does. And mm -hmm. I, I I come to him with an idea, and he comes to me with some sketches, and we we go back and forth. And then he goes off and he does his magic. And you know, I may have you know a couple of oh, can you make it a little more blue and less brown or you know something like that. But it's all you know um, that kind of stuff. But yeah, when when it, when it does come to camera, I think there there's there's the tendency for me to. I don't want to say micromanage. I think it 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 all depends on the project, you know. Um, where as as far as the cinematography side goes, I'm definitely I'm definitely more 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 comfortable, more skilled, and more educated, and the 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 actual camera side of things as far as like lenses and the camera settings and what the camera can do and camera movement and perspective and things like that that I mean like on, on the lighting side of things. Yeah, and how you know? it's going to cut and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like I know what I like in lighting and I know more or less how to achieve mm -hmm. what I like in lighting but I, I, I don't have the complete knowledge set that like, like uh, a really knowledgeable and professional gaffer has. You know, with this, oh well, well in, in order to get this I'm going to get you know, such and such light, and we're going to put this kind of diffuse in front of it, and it's going to be over here, and it's going to take this many watts, and like, like that kind of sure, stuff. Sure. I don't know. I'll be just like, yeah, give me something a big, soft light from over there, and then give me something that's uh, small and harsh from over here. You know, and I let them go and figure yeah. out which which lights and which is which light. Plus, right? the the other element that I assume comes up is because when you are in the director chair, 
you are limited on your brain capacity too because you are thinking about other stuff that's playing in right. the thing and then the person you're talking the people you're talking to that's all they're thinking about so then ideally they can fill in the gaps like yeah. you're kind of saying you're counting on that yeah yeah and that's and that's the thing with with like fifth passenger was like that was such a huge product a feature film where i'm dealing with you know all the departments and lots of cast and and and, and the different crew and special effects and everything like that it was like uh, you know i had to have a dp on that like even if i if it like I, I know I'm not the best DP in town, mm-hmm. you know, and like I know there's other better DPs than me, so I want to hire a DP that's better than me, you know. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm a pretty good DP, but I know that there are better ones than me, so why would I hire myself when I could hire somebody better than me, you know? Yeah, yeah, or worse than you. <laughs> well, yeah, I I prefer to hire someone that's better than me, uh, yeah, and yeah. and I know there's there's plenty of DPs out there, and then and, and the DP that that we had on on Fifth Passenger. Um, uh, uh, Iwana was super great and talented, mm-hmm. and I, I was uh, uh, continually uh, impressed and uh, with 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 the work that she did that that she did and the the shots that we got out of it and her her lighting choices and and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, I, I I lean on the camera department more just because I am more familiar and that that's mm-hmm. the world I know and and. You know, this the smaller budget projects where um, there's fewer crew and there's there's more there's there's less people, but they're wearing more hats. You know, obviously, I'm going to step in a little more. Like uh, almost everything I've directed, I've done my own Steadicam work on, mm-hmm. and that that's partially budget wise. Like like Steadicam operators, a a a sort of a a luxury position to have on set as far as that goes. It's like it's not. It's not an essential thing when you're like, well, you're like, okay, we gotta, we're on a small budget project, and here's our essential crew. Steadicam usually isn't in that, that that first line of people that you're saying this is my yeah, essential crew. You're not, you're not usually utilizing that person for every setup. It's like they're right. they're mm-hmm. they're specialty shots. And yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, yeah, like it's, it's expensive. Your your you know rent or you know the the rate is higher than. You know some some other positions. You know, well, you know, we can't afford to have a steady cam on this sort of thing. You know, so on low budget projects like that, I'm directing. I'll just, you know, it doesn't cost me anything to bring my steady cam in and to do it myself. And then there's also that bit of like, I'm sort of bypassing that that like communication. You know, like oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna communicate with the DP that what I want, and then the DP is gonna tell the operator what what I want and then the operator is going to go do the thing and mm-hmm. you know maybe something gets lost in translation there or something like that honestly I've never directed something where I had a Steadicam operator yeah, yeah, yeah. working for me so I don't know that experience from that way I know as an operator working for directors what that experience is mm-hmm. like and sometimes um, I'll be on a project where the DP and the director have a different idea about what the shot is supposed to be, and um, there's an operator like, okay, uh, the DP wants one thing and the director wants another thing. So, and, and my tendency is always I gotta give the director what they want, um, but I have to respect the DP as well. And so it's always like, so so my my conversation in, in that sense is like, um, okay, you told me that you wanted to do this, but. I get the feeling that the director wants this, so I put it back on the DP to sort of communicate with the director, make sure that they get on the same page, because I don't want to be the person who's, you know, not giving yeah. one one or the other what they want, because well, so and so told me to do this, you know, like that's that's the worst situation to be in, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everybody's 
everybody's on the same page and we know going forward. Um, but so for me as, as, as a director, being a Steadicam operator, it's, it's one less you know, person that I need to communicate with because sure, sure. I know what I want. And I said, I tell the DPA, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And oh, okay. Like they'll, mm -hmm. they'll put the lights up and make sure that everything else is good for me to do what I'm going to do as, as an operator. And then, and then I, I operate and I watch playback as a director and sort of, you know, evaluate it in, in, in that way. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then how do you how do you bridge the gap on the departments? Like you you're kind of half joking about the makeup side, but right. like for for costumes and and props and art and mm -hmm. like production design and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. How how involved do you get on on that side? Or um, well, like 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 Fifth Passenger because because our our, our budget was so small. Um, what what we did with that was. Um, uh, uh, I worked with with Mark Zikri on his Space Command project, and mm -hmm. I was his, his second unit DP, and I did I did Steadicam for him, and I helped build his sets, and I was helping him with his Kickstarter and stuff like that, and um, so so we had kind of worked out a deal um, where where I where where we could shoot Fifth Passenger on his Space Command sets, and um, so when when I brought in Robert Poe, who, who who's our production designer. Um, we, we, we had these existing spaceship sets that we had to just kind of, we had to alter to work for, for our project. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the sort of constraints that we were under with that was we had these cool looking sets already, which was bonus, cool looking sets already, like spaceship sets, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we, we had to alter them, uh, one, so that they worked to, to, to fulfill specifically what our story was saying that these sets were, were about. Because what, like, like the main set that we had was this sort of command bridge, like, like in Star Trek, where you have the captain's chair in the middle, and then in the front mm. you have the, the, the lieutenants who are driving the ship, and then in the back you have computer monitors, and then you got the door, and stuff like that. So very, very Star Trek-esque kind of yeah. like semicircle command bridge sort of thing. And in, in our story, it was supposed to be an escape pod, and so this this the the area was supposed to be sort of a um, a living room, for lack of a better word, where you've got control panels and and things like that, and you've got like a a monitor in the middle, but it's not like there's a captain's chair where there's one person in the in the middle commanding everything. It's sort of like a, a communal sort of space, right? Mm. So we had to 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 transform the set so that they worked for for what we were doing we had to make substantive changes to the to the style so that it didn't look like we were also on the space command sets um, and then also the caveat to all that was whatever changes we made couldn't be destructive we had to be able to go back mm -hmm. and put them back to look like the space command set so that mark could go back and shoot more space command later uh, so uh, uh, Robert Poe does does this great show on on uh, uh, YouTube called called Space Hospital, and it's this um, this uh, sort of General Hospital meets Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Um, so mm -hmm. like like if you ever watch Mystery Science Theater, not not the not the actual movie where they're like making fun of the cheesy yeah, movies, yeah, but yeah. but the bits where he's there with his little robot puppets. And... I think I've only seen the commentary versions. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's the little interstitial spaces where they're where they're talking about the films okay, and they're yeah, they're yeah. like introducing think... the movies and there there's the other people and he's got his little robot puppets and they're you know making little things and stuff like that. So it's it's like that. 
in a sort of general hospital sort of thing where it's this like soap opera that's cheesy and, and you have all these weird characters and stuff like that and 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 so 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 he does that kind of that kind of set and prop building where he'll he'll get a vacuum cleaner and he'll get a, a lid to a garbage can and he'll get a you know and spray paint them and glue them together and make make take ordinary household items and trinkets and random crap he finds and and make it look like it's a spaceship set mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. robots and things like that. And so so he's he's so he's so creative and so like uh, uh, resourceful with with that kind of stuff and so um, after working with him on Space Hospital, I was like, that's the guy that we need on this. Somebody who can, like, knows no sci-fi, no spaceships and, and all that kind of stuff, but also has that kind of resourcefulness of like, mm -hmm. okay, how can we turn trash into a spaceship, you know, kind, <laughs> kind of thing. But I didn't want, you know, I, I didn't want, um, I didn't want, like, alien, aliens, like I love those movies and it was a huge influence on what we were doing, like like the alien movies. Mm -hmm. um, in, like, uh, uh, and some of those other films where, like even Star Wars, where it's like, you know, you got pipes and hoses and tubes and wires on, on everything mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. the sort of like used space kind of, kind of thing. I, I didn't want that, I wanted the more clean, like um, uh, uh, an Apple store. Like you know, walk into an Apple store, mm -hmm. and it's like that. That's what I like, like Minority Report and and yeah. uh, uh, things like that. That's like that was my vision for like what what I wanted, like a Space Odyssey two thousand one kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? That was that was the sort of aesthetic that I wanted to go with it. But um, so it was it was working with him, like because I, I helped build those those space space command sets. You know, like I didn't like design them or anything, but um, uh, 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 Mark's. Mark's brother and 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 uh, this other sci-fi filmmaker Neil Johnson uh, built the sets and um, and I, I just kind of can't help and they say okay we'll hang the lights in there and then put these panels there and paint that this color and that kind of stuff that yeah, that yeah. was my my extent in, in helping to build the sets I, I don't want to make it sound like I helped design the sets or anything like that but um, so I, I kind of had a little bit of knowledge about about the sets in general and and so it was working with with Robert as far as like okay how can we how can we turn this into something that mm -hmm. looks cool you know and so we would talk about ideas and look at different materials and okay well what if we put this kind of panel here and you know, so take this thing to, to hop into that really quick prior to landing the prior to the arrangement with Mark for uh -huh. the Space Command sets uh -huh. Did you have a vision for what it would look like prior, and then now you're like, this is what we got, and then you're trying to bring those elements mm. back in, kind of? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I had that the sort of the Apple Store kind of idea right. was already kind of in my mind as far as like in, in in a perfect world, this is you know I've got all the money did in the you, world to make this did you film. Have sketches and yeah, such? Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, cool. yeah. We had some. We had uh, we had a, had an artist do some some cool. Uh, um, uh, 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 Previs sort of sort of concept art stuff for that, mm -hmm. and it was it was along those lines that you know talk talk to him about it. it was like this is this is the kind of stuff that 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 we want to do, and he he drew up some cool images, and and we had some sort of reference um, photos to go off, or, or you know reference drawings to go off, and then we you know pulled stuff from other movies and said okay right, you know, right. I like this and I like this and you know that kind of stuff, and then it's like okay now this is what we got. What can we do for cheap and kind of mm -hmm. you know you know? And one of the things that we found was they have. Um, what, uh, what they call foam core, and it's this, um, it's like a, a, a huge sheets of, um, it's like four foot by eight foot, 
white, and it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like poster board. You know, like it's got it's mm. got like a, a it's like it's like white poster paper with like a thin thin piece of foam in between it, and you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. use it for like school projects. You know, you put your little yeah, your yeah. little uh, science presentation kind of thing up, right? And but but they make uh, they make these in like sheets of like four foot by eight foot, and so. What 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 Robert said is like, well, let's just get a whole bunch of that, and we you you custom cut it to to put in at panels and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. and you you put it up, and and as long as it's it's cut nice and neat and it's laid in, you could just like tape it in there, and and it looks like the sort of like molded plastic kind of thing that you see in like spaceships and airplanes and stuff like that. It, it like has this feel yeah, yeah, yeah. like on camera, it looks like it's like molded plastic, but yeah. it's just. Poster board essentially mm -hmm. is 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 what it is with like you know a little, little strip of foam in there to give it some to give it some some uh, rigidity and so I mean we we bought I mean I don't know how many slabs of that that we bought and and just kind of covered almost everything in that and it mm -hmm. gave it like instantly it gave it this like clean white appearance and we we had this hallway where um, that that was part of the original Space Command set and it was this cool looking hallway. But you know, we, we had we had scenes in, in the film where we needed to make it look like they were running down a hallway and then they were running up a different hallway and stuff like oh, that. Right, so right. so we just we just shot that same hallway from different directions and then we would get the, the big uncut pieces of the, of the poster board, the, the, the foam corner. We could just slide those in and make it look like a wall or look like half of a wall or things like that. So they could go around a corner, it looked like they were going around a different corner and you shoot yeah, it at yeah. a different angle and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and I feel it, it works pretty good. I mean, it's, it's hard because I know, I, I watch it and I know, oh, this is the same hallway, we're just shooting the other direction. Right. So hopefully when the audience watches it, it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. that to them. It feels like we're shooting down a, a, yeah, a completely different it, hallway. But normally an audience, yeah, we're not trying to figure out how they should. Yeah, yeah. Most most non-film people are not going to be looking for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so so in, in that aspect, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty intimately working with 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 uh, Robert as as far as that goes. Um, and then once we kind of had an idea what we were going to do, you know, then he he went off and he did stuff and yeah. said, "Hey, this is this what I'm looking. You know, what do you think? How does this look?" And I said, "Oh, looks great. Let's do that." You know, and then. Uh, you know, then then the, the kind of the next problem would come up, or we'd kind of sit, we'd strategize stuff, and all right, you know, and there, there was a couple things where I said, okay, well, you know, this is more or less what I want to do. Uh, we, you think you make something like this happen? Oh yeah, yeah, I got that. I'll I'll, I'll make it, and then come back and uh, him him and um, we we brought another guy named John Lane to 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 do some stuff, and they were they were great. I mean, they they made all sorts of cool pieces for us. Mm -hmm. You know, they they made the 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 table in in the middle there, and uh, you know the idea is that the, the table is like uh, illuminated mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. from 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 underneath, kind of like those um, uh, architects kind of kind of kind of tracing yeah, yeah, tables. Yeah. You know? I guess oh, just we we fell off there. Yeah, recorder stopped, and we're back. We're back. Um, Want to jump into your talking costumes? Yeah, yeah. Um, Fifth passenger. Yeah, yeah. In a, in 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 the context of like you know like like my involvement and how much you know that that is as 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 a director and I think like like with costumes you know with 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 all of our departments with with this film you know we were working on a budget that was much smaller than than our ambition. Um, so it was. It was always. Uh, it was. It was finding talented people that were coming on board that were willing to go the extra mile and do more than 
um, we had money for, um, and, and I'm super appreciative for, for, for everybody who, who did that, and, and like Deb, who did our, our costumes, um, definitely went, went the extra mile and um, delivered more than what our budget should have allowed us, us to be able to, to deliver. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, had, we had some, some, some concept art for, for some of the costumes, and Kenna has had some reference, other, other reference stuff. Um, and she said, okay, well, this is, you know, get some measurements for the actors, and this is, you know, the number of costumes that we need and stuff like that. And then she, you know, come to us and said, oh, this is, this is some, some, some options that we have for, like, little fabric swatches. You know, this is, like, this fabric and this fabric, and we think mm -hmm. of this one and this one. Mm -hmm. and like, oh, yeah, you know, that one looks good, and that one looks good, and, you know, I don't know, it doesn't really matter on that one, whichever one you think works best kind of stuff. So, so were you playing them in the light or, like, with cameras to see how Not they... Not really. I mean... Kind of gets gauged it with your, with your DP brain. You're like, all right, you can kind of... Yeah, like, yeah. Kind of tell. Yeah, it was more just like, yeah, I mean, you know, we had very limited options. So it was like, oh, do you want this in the blue, or do you want this in the black, or do you this oh, the tan, okay. or this the... I figured it was like specific fabric types too. Uh, yeah, there, there, was, there was there like was there was a bit of that of like trying to like avoid things that kind of were shiny. You know, mm -hmm. we're like, oh, well, this 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 character is going to be in front of a green screen, so let's make sure that they're not wearing green mm -hmm. or 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 yeah or something that's shiny because then that makes you know green screen and all the other kind of stuff hard. Um, okay. I mean, we did you know have a little bit of like shiny in the. Um, the, the the space suits were kind of a silvery mm. and shiny, so that, that mm. presented a bit of a problem and stuff. But that was almost just kind of like, well, you know, we're going to, like, we like this look so much that we're going to we're going to ignore what is the best practice for VFX and do it anyways. <laughs> you know, mm. which obviously led to some problems down the road. But um, sometimes you 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 know you gotta try to like be like, oh, this is what's most important, like uh, the way that the costume looks, and then we'll. We'll figure out how to make the VFX work later, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was just it was you know like I said like like limited options, but you know it's like okay, well this is more or less what we want to do, and this is some things, and just go off and you know you do your thing, and uh, very very little micromanaging as far as that goes, because yeah. Yeah, and then remind me too. Did you? Is this the first sci-fi larger scale piece that you've? Like I guess, like did you do any shorts? You had the chance to do costumes or or do any cool makeup effects or um, to prep you def for this definitely or? definitely a lot of makeup effects. Just like I said, like like working with 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 Philip and and, and right. Thomas and stuff like that. Like I've done a handful of like zombie type movies and and most of my experience has always been costumes. Is um, what what like random stuff do people have? Mm -hmm. And okay, we're gonna go to the secondhand store and buy stuff, or we're gonna go to the Gonna go to the military surplus store and grab jumpsuits, or you know that kind of thing. That that, that uh, up to this point, that had been my experience as yeah. far as costumes goes. Um, a lot of experience working with makeup and you know uh, custom and new makeup effects specific for the project that I'm doing. That was that was definitely a world I was very comfortable with and like had a lot of experience with. Um, but yeah, as, as far as costume was, a, a lot of that was new, you know, prior, yeah. like we did a, we did a proof of concept short film for, for, uh, Fit Fastener that was kind of like, kind of like a trailer more, more than a short film. And that, that was, um, renting a spacesuit from a costume place mm -hmm. and then like say, go, going, going to a military surplus store and getting like, uh, flight suit jumpsuits that like ask the, that, that like pilots wear and getting that as the costumes for, for people and stuff like that. So yeah, this this was definitely my, my first experience like having custom costumes made and that's definitely something that like 
set sci-fi apart. I think mm-hmm. uh, um, because because sci-fi in, in that that kind of sci-fi where you're like in space like Star Trek kind of thing is like it's like a period piece. Just the period is the future, mm-hmm. um, where it has its 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 pros and cons about it. The 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 cons obviously is that, is that you have to have something special made or put something yeah. together. Like you can't just have people show up in jeans and a t-shirt, right? Because that's not that doesn't work, right? You mm-hmm. have to have something else. Whether you're you're taking something existing and you modify it, or you have something built from scratch. The 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 pro side of it is that uh, versus a a a period piece in the past, like you do something. This takes place in 1890, so this is very specifically what people wore in 1890, and we don't want this sort of outfit because that's people weren't wearing that until 1920, right? Mm-hmm. But in the future. You can wear whatever you want to wear. You know, obviously, you're not like so you're not going to probably have people with jeans and a T-shirt, but well, I could pose. Maybe yeah, yeah well, in, in, in certain in certain sure sure it depends on and, the story of yeah course, yeah and, yeah and in certain settings right yeah, yeah. people lounging around yeah they're going to be wearing jeans and a T-shirt maybe but you have somebody who's like like working on a spaceship they're they're going to be there yeah, we always some, go to like the the military thought where there's they're wearing their their, uni- a, their a, uniform a uniform kind of thing mm-hmm. right yeah so you you get you get a certain amount of freedom because there's no there's no set like oh this is what people this is what people wore in the year 3000 nobody knows what people do, do, do you feel because of course there are, there are such big shows and influences mm. such as Star Trek and and, and whatnot. Mm. Um, how do you, do you feel that's limiting in some capacity on what the expectation of the viewer mm. is to maybe want to experiment with something? But mm. it's like we're in a spaceship. Mm-hmm. We're we're doing similar stuff to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that definitely. I mean, it's it's. I think the. The tendency is definitely like as a filmmaker mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, um, you know, I like this thing from Star Trek. I like this thing from Alien. I like this thing from Star Wars. I like this from this particular show. And so you're 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 referencing stuff that you've seen already mm-hmm. in a show. And so I think that it, it's very hard to like escape outside of that and be like I'm just gonna come up with something new like like how do you how do you even do that because right? it's, it's not often that somebody's making a movie like that and they've never seen Star Trek or right Star yeah Wars. yeah yeah they're always fans and grew mm-hmm. up with the nostalgia of that yeah so. and, and you look at you know and and what what we also tried to do was was we looked at uh, what, well what are people wearing like in real life what do astronauts wear and what do People in the military, or in those mm-hmm. sort of situations, what, what are those people wearing? And let's try to, you know, build up. But that, but that, you also get into a sort of um, art imitates life, and life imitates art situation, mm-hmm. where certain things that are happening in the in the the NASA and in SpaceX, those things are influenced by stuff <laughs> that happened in Star Trek. So even if you're like, I'm just basing it off of real life, real life is based off mm-hmm. of some of those shows. They see stuff and they're like, oh, let's let's do this kind of thing or, you know, so so it, it's very hard to escape that. And um, but but I do like I like things like uh, uh, shows like Dune, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Lynch's Dune where like the, the costumes and some of that stuff is like that's weird and that's not practical that's what that's not that's not what we call like like conventional kind of thing right and um, y- you know we didn't really we didn't really do that in fifth passenger 
um, that wasn't really the world, that wasn't the kind of world I felt yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. I was building. I felt like we were building a more realistic kind of, um, I, I mean, definitely it, it had, you know, I, I think I think Star Trek is definitely, Star Trek or Alien are, are the, 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 the closest as far as just like influences, yeah, in 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 set in 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 the setting of, of the world, right? Like like we didn't we didn't we didn't diverge much into fantasy, you mm -hmm. know. It was it was more or less reality based. Obviously, you have things like, you know, uh, 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 faster than light space travel. That's that's fantasy in the sense where you know what scientists tell us right now. That's probably not possible. That maybe we're we're never going to be able to break the speed of light and interstellar travel like you know go to another planet that's you know a uh, hundred light years away and get there in a couple weeks like like science science tells us that's probably not going to happen it uh, they're not saying it's impossible they're saying well all signs point to that's probably not going to happen mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh but uh, uh aside from that we, we we more or less stuck to kind of like reality based mm -hmm. sci-fi. Yeah, it's in, grounded. In, in, yeah, yeah, yeah in, in that sense. So um, keeping keeping the costumes and the sets and thing looking more like oh okay I could see this being what space travel looks like in a hundred years if we developed this the the faster than light speed travel all this other stuff sure, sure. looks you know looks normal it's not like weird kind of stuff that's the fantasy world like mm -hmm. i love that stuff I, I i really do but that just was that wasn't the story i was you know looking to 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 particularly yeah. tell with with yeah. the so you, you mentioned the, the other movie briefly i'm just i'll just ask for your opinion on sure. it since we're there what are your thoughts on the new dune trailer are you excited for for this new dune i don't know i mean <laughs> you know I, I i'll see it and i'm i'm excited to see it uh, in the sense, um, I like sci-fi, and I'm always excited to see big stuff get made. You know, uh, um, I feel like Dune is interesting because it's 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 a known property, um, but it's not like Star Trek or, or Star Wars. You know, where it's it's a little it's a little more on the edges. Of of it's it, it's not mainstream, mm -hmm. right? We're like you know mainstream people are always talking about Dune. There's Dune, you know, conventions and things like that. It's it's a little yeah. more outside of the mainstream, right? Um, so so I, I'm I'm interested to see the film. Um, I I I I really enjoyed um, the original Dune. He um, honestly, I've never read the book, but. Um, I'm I'm interested to see what what the new one is, and it might inspire me to kind of finally sit down and 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 read the book, um, just to kind of to be yeah. to have to have have these points of views and say like okay, well now we have the original source material, we have Lynch's film, and then we have this new thing, and they're they're all kind of different takes on on what the thing is. I I, I think the original one is great, and you know it's. Um, I think parts of it don't age well, you know, as far as like, oh yeah, this was definitely like an '80s movie, you know, like like there's yeah, just yeah, yeah, just like sure. certain things in there that like eh, they didn't quite age real well, um, but but I think it's a, a a terribly engaging and entertaining film that that really um, you know has has like 
it's 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 a kind of it's, it's hard to look away. It's very like 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 mm -hmm. to me, it's like it's on, and it's like wow, this is this is a film. Like there's yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's something going on here. This is interesting, intriguing, just because of Lynch's influence on stuff and and how how he approaches filmmaking and and everything like that. Yeah, because you know? I'm not I'm not familiar with Dune at all. Mm -hmm. So when they announced this Dune with the star, you know the the big like Marvel <laughs> cast. The more like the huge Marvel DC actors are all coming together to play in Dune and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're from all the biggest budget movies, so I, it was kind of weird for me to see. It's like, why are they putting so much money behind this property? Like you said, it's on the fringes. Not not many people reference it. It's not mm -hmm. like a mainstream thing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of scares me from like a. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I, I, Mm -hmm. From the investment perspective of a studio to to back it, I was, yeah, I was yeah. kind of surprised, but yeah, yeah, well, and and also looking at like what happened with the original Dune film, it's it's largely considered a flop, even though it it mm -hmm. has a cult following and people like there. There's a lot of people that love that film. There's also a lot of people that don't like it, and it, it didn't it didn't do well commercially. Maybe in the long run, it made money as far as like home video sales and mm -hmm. you know things like that and you know you, you, you know you look at the life of the film after over over 20 30 years that like oh now now yeah it's 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 made money but you know when it was in the theaters mm -hmm. didn't didn't get get didn't get the traction and didn't do what they thought like you know obviously they they were this is the era of empire strikes back and stuff like that and they were thinking like oh okay well this is going to be this is going to be the next star wars Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be a blockbuster, and people are going to line up around the block to see the film. That didn't quite, it didn't quite do that. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that's then and that and that is an interesting aspect of it. Thinking about like oh these these are the these are the kind of actors that are putting in it. Like to me, it does say something about the sort of mindset going into the film. You know, and what the film is going to be, and I think it could definitely suffer. From being the sort of like um, executive run film, mm -hmm. like okay, well, this is what the film needs to be, and it needs to be this, and it needs sure, to be that, sure. and it needs to be safe, and we're not going to take any chances. And like, like looking at like Lynch's film and being like, okay, well, everything that he did, we're not going to do because it was David Lynch, right? But it, it, to me, that that's that's what made the film interesting and mm -hmm. engaging was that it was someone like like Lynch who who took the film on, you know. Uh, there's a, there's a really really fantastic documentary called called Yorodowski's Dune. I don't mm. know if, you, if you've seen that, mm -hmm. and um, a uh, 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 Polish filmmaker um, Yorodowski, uh, he did uh, films like like Holy Mountain and these, these weird weird crazy cool films, and he he got he was going to be able to make Dune. With I don't remember what I, I want to say it was through Fox and this was um, after Star Wars and there there was a no it, 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 this was before this was before Star Wars and he he had gotten all of these great people together artists and 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 actors and everybody he had this the huge you know binder of 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 concept art and and all of these things put together he was going to make this this awesome film out of Dune. And um, just was just like that step away from always making it happen, where you talk to the talk mm. to the studio, and then the, the, the money's going to mm. be there, and then the money's okay. not going to be there, and then and all of a sudden it all falls apart and it doesn't happen. 
you know. But what what ends up happening was um, all of the, the 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 concept artists and the VFX people that he had all attached to the project. Those guys ended up going off and making Star Wars. They ended up going off and making Alien, and so like the like like Ron mm. Cobb and and people H.R. Uh, 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 Giger who 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 designed the the famous Alien of Alien, and, and that that sort of look like he he originally he was originally found by by Yordowski, like like saw his his art because the guy's like a, like a, like an artist does paintings and sculptures and stuff like that and said oh this guy's art is amazing we got to incorporate this into this Dune movie I want to do and then Ron Cobb and these other guys who like design spaceships and stuff like that and he got those guys together and said oh this is they're going to design the spaceships for this movie and stuff like that and those guys went on to design the spaceships for Star Wars right. and stuff like that and so they they those like that sort of like collective creative team that he put together ended up going off and making other movies. Sure. So it's like the untold story of the true influence behind the biggest influences. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he made this this book that he puts together. I mean he was gonna have he was gonna have Salvador Dali act in in Whoa. Dune and stuff like that. I mean it was just this crazy eclectic group of people that he had involved in this project and it was gonna be like you know, on on in his mind, this is you, you can see all the all the pieces come together for for like what this film was going to be, and it just just never happened, you mm -hmm. know. And then after Star Wars and Alien, all those kind of came out, then they're like, okay, now 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 we'll make this film, but it wasn't going to be Yordowski doing it, you know. They they gave it to Lynch, and that's the story. And that's so, and here we are. But yeah, so it's a really 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 interesting documentary, and and I think um, hmm. that 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 one, and then there's. Um, Lost, Lost in La Mancha, which is um, the story of, of, of Terry Gilliam trying to make a um, uh, 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 Don Quixote film. Um, so Don the, Quixote? Don, uh, Don Quixote. Mm -hmm. um, Cervantes is the, uh, the old story of a, a Spanish story about a, a guy, old old uh, knight who kind of goes crazy and he, he's, the, if you've ever heard the the term "fighting windmills" it, it comes from 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 that story of, of Don Quixote, and um, uh, it's a, it, it's it's a famous story. And um, in the the early '90s, uh, Terry Gilliam tried tried to make a film, and it just it it they got like two days into production, and the film fell apart, and the funding went away, and uh, it had like Johnny Depp in it, and it was going to be this this amazing film, uh, but like. Both of those are, are like documentaries. Like as a filmmaker, I watch, mm -hmm, and they're both mm -hmm. they're both about films that failed to get made. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I've probably seen Lost in La Mancha probably five or six times. Um, I, I made it kind of a habit of watching that film right before I got into production on on another project of mine to sort of like humble myself and prepare myself for the worst. Mm, you know, mm. and then looking at how um, how fragile everything. Is in the filmmaking world, and that any film that gets made is a minor miracle, you know, because um, because there's so many so many pieces that have to come together and, and align for for something to happen. Where you start off with an idea, and the um, the number of steps you have to go through from I have an idea for this film I want to get made to this film is in the movie theaters. Like you you know you 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 picture there's you know, a hundred million ideas for films that want mm -hmm. to get made, mm -hmm. and maybe a million of those get put into scripts or 
and then and then out of those million, uh, you know, a hundred thousand of those get considered for this, and then you know, you're like whittling it down to where you have this hundred million ideas, and point oh 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 one percent of those end up being in a theater somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, and there, there all the steps and so many things can 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 go wrong along the way, um, that that. It, it, it really does feel like a miracle that anything gets made in this town, you know, um, as, as far as that goes. Like, not necessarily just in this town, but in that sense of Hollywood and films getting made mm -hmm. in, in any aspect. Um, that, that, that really is humbling, um, and, and it makes you feel lucky as a filmmaker when, when you get something done, to be able to look back and, you know, say, as, as a director or whatever, like, yeah, I'm part of the club. I'm part of the club of, of people who made a film. Right, because yeah, it's out there. You can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, because that that really, in, in in the grand scheme of things, it it is a small club, right? Like like I said, you've got how many how many people do you know that have an idea that they want to, that they want to make mm -hmm. as a film, or that they they've even got a script and they want to make this thing, right? And then how many of those actually that thing actually gets made? You know, uh, how many how many directors do you know who have actually directed a film that? Got made and got any kind of distribution and made made its way out mm -hmm. into the world. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a relatively small number. You know, compared to the number of people that are out it stresses there. Stresses me out, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then I even think about my my brain goes to all right, sweet, congratulations, you made a movie. Uh -huh. Welcome to the club. Yeah, and yeah. then you think about all right, well. Think about all the people that are in the club now, and then there now it kind of goes the other way too. Is like. How many people made a second film? How many people right, yeah, broke into sure. this? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. then you reach the pyramid of like, all right, you've got you know James Cameron or whatever, mm -hmm. like way way up there that can yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Know? And it's like yeah, it's like you know looking at like 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 professional sports or something like that. You know, like like how many how many how many how many kids are are in high school and have a dream to be a basketball player or something sure. like that, and then. How how many of those actually are, are, are in the NBA and are starting on a team or, or mm -hmm. something like that, right? And, and it's it's the same kind of thing, you know. And uh, uh, so I I think it's a very humbling experience to watch documentaries mm -hmm. like that and see people even like like Terry Gilliam, who is a very accomplished filmmaker and has made some of my favorite films. He's, he's definitely one of my favorite filmmakers, and and to 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 look and see like even after some some successful films that he's made mm -hmm. that he gets like oh well yeah this this film gets it's 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 plug pulled and right. and you know interesting thing is is um he ended up making the film like he 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 I want to say it was ninety four when he somewhere around ninety four when he first attempted to make the Don Quixote film Lost in La Mancha um, there was a, what was it called was it originally called some something uh, Don Quixote of La Mancha, or something like that, was 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 the original film title, something like that. Um, film got shelved, um, and then he ended up making the film. Uh, it came out in two thousand nineteen. Um, it's called mm. the, the the Man Who Killed Don Quixote, and um, crazy cool film, and, and 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 I absolutely loved it, and it uh, had, had Adam Driver in it. Um, and it, it ended up being kind of a self-referential film mm -hmm. where it was still the story about Don Quixote, but it was also the story about him trying to make the film mm -hmm. about Don Quixote. Yeah. And um, really, really fantastic film. Really, really love it and, and it would, would encourage anyone to watch it. But uh, aside from just the film being a film that I loved, it, it was something that... Um, 
so much respect for him, the, the sort of dedication to that, to be mm -hmm. like, well, well, over 20 years later, I still want to make this film, and I'm, this is the sort of sure, film that's sure. like the burning a hole in my soul. I got to make this film somehow, and and, and it, it didn't work out the first time, but but it's still there, and I'm still going to make it. And to be able to come to come back to it after making other films in the meantime, and say this, I still want to do this. I'm still going to put, you know, I'm still going to expend my capital as a filmmaker to to do this. And and I think that that's an important thing where it's like, as, as a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, like like once you're in the club and you're like, okay, I made a film, and in certain circles, being able to say, okay, now I can, I can, I have a certain amount of capital build up where if my film was successful and people liked it, then I have an opportunity to make something else or to do something else with mm -hmm. my life, with with my career, because people saw that I made this film, so they're going to trust me to do something else. You know, it's like, like okay, how am I going to use that trust? Sure. Right? Which which brings me to my my next question. Yeah. Is how much pressure do you or have you felt with following up with congratulations welcome to the club you made a movie now let's yeah. see you do it again yeah, now it's next yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah it, it, it's interesting because i feel like um you, you know my uh, my journey you know is very very um do-it-yourself filmmaking mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of Learning as you go, sort of thing, and, and, and a lot of the process with with Phil, with with the Fifth Passenger was that sort of like figuring stuff out as I went along. Yeah, right? which I'm a big fan of 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 that. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't have kind of like like a mentor sort of like guiding mm -hmm. me along and making sure that I was doing all the right things. It was just sort of like I mean I I was very experienced in the filmmaking process as far as like the pre-production and shooting and post-production editing, right? That's, I mean, the, I, I learned things along the way making for The Passenger, of course. I learned a lot in that process and I feel like it made me a better filmmaker and things like that. But um, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't enter into like wholly new territory in the process of mm -hmm. making that film. Until I got into the business side of like, okay, now we're going to distribute this film and going into distribution. And now this film is a vehicle for me as a director to the things that are further in my career. Like those, those were the new things that mm -hmm. I was like, like, like uh, 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 new paths to, to a tread down, right? And that was learning as, 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 as I went along. And I feel like because I was learning those things as I went along, I definitely did make mistakes and I didn't do everything to 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 the best that those things could have been done. Sure. Right. Because you just you learning like I said, I, I, I you know, I met with people and, and you know, you know, Morgan and I, who's who was my co producer on the project, um, you know, we 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 met with people and got their advice and, and all this kind of stuff as best as we could, but we didn't necessarily have one person that was like we didn't have a producer on the team that was like, oh, I've produced 20 movies and I'm going to, I'll help guide you guys and take care of getting this film distributed and stuff. Like, like we didn't have that person sure, on the team. Sure. So it was us sort of like trying to figure it out ourselves and, you know, like it's like getting advice from other people and stuff like that. Um, and, and so I feel like, um, you know, we, we, we got really good distribution with, with Epic Pictures and, and I'm super grateful to them for everything that they did for the film and to be part of part of, of their their um, their 
their family. Yeah, yeah, their family and their catalog and library films and, and whatnot. Um, but but as far as me as a director, you know, I didn't know I didn't know what that what the path forward looked like and how to how necessarily to like navigate that. And I feel like I'm still kind of figuring that shit out right now, right? So sure. it's like, um, you know, oh, dude, do I get a manager? Do I get an agent? Do I just, you know, get the film out there and hope that somebody calls me and says that they like my film and want me to direct something else? And um, I kind of, I, I, I wanted to be in a position, I think, where I was directing something that I wasn't necessarily writing and producing, mm -hmm. like a director for hire, where somebody else is doing all that stuff and they just want me to direct the thing, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a, a re rewrite it or, or something like that. Sure, but, sure. I mean, um, you know, Fifth Passenger was, you know, a story that I had come up with and me and Morgan wrote it and we figured out how to produce it and we raised the money and we went into production and then we went into post-production and then we figured out, like, it was like, we were doing everything all along the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which I, of course, understand. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's, and that, at, at that level, it's like, that's, that's what you have to do to, to a certain extent, right? Because there's no, nobody was, nobody was reaching out to me and wanted me to direct anything. Nobody was giving me a project. Yeah, based don't, on, don't, uh... Don't wait. You, you, it, if you were going to wait for it, you yeah. could still be waiting right now. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. now you have a movie instead, which is, of course, the same thing that I went through. Is like, all right, make mm -hmm. it happen because yeah. that's I have control to make it happen. In the meantime, you're yeah. trying other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I, 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 I wanted, wanted, I think, and 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 I still do, you know, to to be in in, in a position where where I'm more of a director than a producer, right? In that sense, where um, with with Fifth Passenger, I was a producer, so that I could hire myself as the director. You know, right. where I, I just want to be the director that gets hired. And then that's sure. a thing, and that, and that's that that's tough to do. That so that's a much smaller, narrower path to go on. Right? There's there's fewer fewer opportunities for that. It's it's it is easier to, in some sense, it's easier to write something that you're going to produce yourself that you hire yourself as a director for because you're the person who's instigating the thing, right, as opposed to waiting for someone else who's starting it and then to, to find mm -hmm, you, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, you know, to, to like finding that path, and, and, and I don't know, I don't know that I did the things correctly in order to set myself up to like, oh, this is what I'm going to do to, you know, direct my next film and, and stuff like that. And um, I, I didn't immediately have a project, you know, lined up. Um, you know, you know, and I think I think part of it is there. There was a moment I, I remember where I was talking with some friends, and you know, we were just we were just you know thinking magical Christmas land. Like, uh, uh, if you had the opportunity to to direct any film, what would it be? You know, and this was you know like I remember one of my films. Oh, I'd love to direct the follow up film to. Um, a, 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 a Return of the Jedi, right? Because this was before Force Awakens and, and all those had come out. You know, it's like, oh, that's awesome! Like, or you know, like, I'd love to make this film. I'd love to make. I'd love to make a Iron Man movie or or or, or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, and and th and this was before I'd made Fifth Passenger, but but I had the script and we were we were still trying to figure out how we could make the f the film happen. And and in 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 my and I remember saying like, Fifth Passenger is the movie that I want to make. Like. If I had the opportunity to make one film before I die, this this is the film that I want to make. Like, if someone came to me and said, at that point, mm -hmm. you have the opportunity to make the follow-up film to Star Wars, or you have the opportunity to make Fifth Passenger, 
um, there, there was a, a very large part of me that would want to say, I just want to make Fifth Passenger because this is my story that I want to tell and this is something mm -hmm. to me that this is the film I want to make, right? And so kind, kind of taking that mentality to it and putting everything I had into that film and it took us six something years to go from the story to the film being made um, was like such a, a huge part of me and, and everything that I put into that film, you know, every day, like waking up, like, okay, what needs to be done in this film? Or like, like, how can I push that rock a little bit further up the hill today, mm -hmm. you know? And then when the film was done, and it's like, you know, like, okay, the film was done. Like, 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 wh like, where was that space in my mind to think about that thing that I was going to do next, right? Because my mind was just so mm -hmm. focused on the task ahead of like pushing that rock up the mountain. There wasn't a thought of like, oh, I want to push that other rock up the mountain when I'm done with this one. I just, I just want to get this one up the mountain and get it done, right? And uh, so, so the, there was definitely a sort of like. Uh, creative tunnel vision that, mm -hmm. that, I, that I found myself in that at that yeah you know it, it, I, I'm in the shower and I have a random thought about something that might be a good film or I'm you know driving you know you, you get these like random thoughts like oh this might be a good film or you're having a beer with a buddy and you know ideas come up and stuff like that but but there's nothing that like like in the course of that six years of making fifth passenger there, there was no other like there was no other idea project script that came to me and I said, this is the next thing that I want to do that mm -hmm. is like, oh, as soon as Fifth Passenger is done, this is the thing that I'm going to jump on, right? Right. Well, I mean, I, I totally get it because like, for instance, making, my, my process was, was two years mm -hmm. um, and I know throughout the entirety of the process, people ask, it's like, all right, like, what's the plan for distribution? Or like, what's like, what, I'm like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I am currently trying to get this thing funded <laughs> like chillax yeah don't yeah. talk to me about distribution one step at a time here mm -hmm. so in order to guarantee that it's going to get done like you said the tunnel vision is like a necessary aspect in the self-producing yeah because nobody else is over your shoulder making sure you're doing the stuff or going through each step so yeah it's i it, I, I feel you. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't think about the next one. Like, I'm trying to get this one done. Yeah, yeah. And then, then, then when it's done, then you have people like, oh, yeah, so, so what's next? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like if, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, uh, you're, you know, you're like drowning. And, you know, you, know, you know, they like pull you out of the water. They resuscitate you. And you're like, and they're like, okay, what's, what's, what's your next dive going to be into the water? And you're like, I just, I just survive. Like, I'm, I'm just happy to be alive. You know, and have made it through this process, and you're you're asking me what what I'm gonna do next, you know, and so 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 there there was definitely a period where uh, after the film was done, I just just kind of just floating in the world, you mm -hmm. know, and just kind of like reassessing my life too, like okay, well, I I I, I did this thing, you know, um, and I didn't know one that I was even gonna come out the other side mm -hmm. of of it, and and now. And, and let alone what that was going to look like and what it was going to feel like and what was going to happen, you know, like, uh, you know, is this film going to go, you know, is it going to be a huge smashing success and get into all these film festivals and get all these awards and blah, 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 or is it going to be, are we never even going to get distribution for it? Is it going to be somewhere in the middle? Like, like I had no idea where this thing was going to end up, you know, and then, and then to come out and be like, okay, now it's done. And so like, okay, now 
Like, what have I learned from this process? You know, and, and I think one of the biggest takeaways was, was definitely like, well, this, this thing took me six years to, to make from, from concept to, to, to delivery, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm not eager to just jump on something else and I'm going to commit because I, I know what that path looks, looks like you know, go, going down that road, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I was married once and then ended up getting divorced because got married young and things didn't, didn't necessarily work out. I don't, I don't regret the things that happened. I don't regret that. But I also look at, like, when I have relationships with people now and I think about, oh, is this someone that I want to be with and is this someone else that maybe I'll marry? I, I've already been down that path and I know what that mm. path looks like. So it's like I can kind of, like that, that like supremely like influences my, my feelings about that sort of thing and, and it's the same way with, with, with like something like I know what that path looks like going down this film, that, that commitment to, to this project. Mm. And so um, is that, is that a path that I want to go down again? As far as I'm going to write and produce and fundraise and do, yeah, do yeah. all this stuff for for this other project again? Do I want to do that, or do I want to try to find a slightly different path to kind of go go down and stuff like that? And so, I, so I think it was a it was a huge like evaluation process. The 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 following like the the period after Fifth Passenger was done and kind of like also sort of like feeling out. Like oh is um, you know how, how do people feel about the movie um, you know is, is my phone going to start ringing and people going to start messaging me wanting me to like direct projects and stuff like that and and I had people approach me with 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 projects that they wanted me to direct, um, but they were mostly in reality they were projects they wanted me to produce they mm -hmm. they they thought it's like oh I have the script I want you to direct it. But it was more like they wanted me to produce it. Like I don't have any money for it. They don't have a production <laughs> going for the film. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's a script. Can you make it for me? You know, it was mm. was more or less what. And, and 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 it's flattering. Like you know, I was I was you know humbled and flattered that that people had had their stories, had seen Fifth Passenger, and they would trust you with their story. yeah, and yeah. thought like, oh, this is the guy that I want to make my my thing. And uh, like I said, humbled and, and and flattered that 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 they thought that highly of me you know for that um, but but in reality they they wanted more of me to, mm -hmm. to just direct that they wanted me to figure out how to get their film made yeah they're like oh film. how do I get my script made who's made a film that I know oh Scott Scott yeah. made something mm -hmm. maybe yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and um, you know and, and it was like so do I want to go down that road again and it's gonna be that same road mm -hmm. right um, but now I'm not even doing it with my script. I'm doing it with somebody else's script. Right. You know, and and it's not saying that that person's script wasn't good or it wasn't good enough or something like that. But but the impulse to say, well, if I'm going to go down that road again, I'm going to do it with my own mm -hmm. project, something that that is personal to me that I want to do. Like, what's the next fifth passenger for me that is like burning a hole in my soul? That this is the story I want to tell. This is everything I want a movie to be. Um, part of part of the um, part of the, the, the sort of impetus on, on Fifth Passenger was, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of trailers. I love movies. I love watching films, um, you know, and, and I, I watch, obviously, I watch more trailers than I watch movies. But, you know, I, I look at trailers and, I, and I, I'm, looking, I'm looking for the trailer for the film that I want to watch. You mm -hmm. know, there's like, like, 
I don't necessarily know what it is I'm looking for, but it's like I know it when I see it, mm -hmm. right? And th there was there was a void of like the kind of film that I wanted to see, right? And and when when I, I came up with with the concept for Fifth Passenger, and I, and I thought about what the trailer would look like and what the film would look like, and I was like. That's the film I want to see. Like, mm -hmm. I want to see the trailer for that movie, and I want to go to the theater to see that movie. Like, I don't see that movie getting made anywhere. Where's that movie, mm -hmm. right? And so that that was it for for you know for me with with Fit Passenger, and 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 I want that again. You know, like I want to make a film that tells a story that I want to tell, but is also it's it's the kind of film that I want to go see because I think that's that's what like part of being an artist is about is like. Um, you know, it, it's not about it being masturbatory in the sense where, oh, this is for my own pleasure, this is the thing that I want to do, but in the sense of like, I have certain tastes. There are films that I like, that I like to go see, and um, plenty of other people like those films too, and plenty of other people want to go see those films too. So if I make something that appeals to me, then there's, there's probably a, another section of the population that that film also appeals mm -hmm. to. And so if I make something that I think is appealing to me, then it's going to appeal to some other people. And obviously it's never going to appeal to everybody because that's not how sure. art works, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I want it to be that, you know, um, while I, I'm open to, to directing something else. If, you know, somebody came to me and says, hey, I've got this script about a, a dog who saves Christmas. Like, I don't know if that's for me. Yet. Yeah, I don't know if that's for me, right? Um, I might take that as a directing job, as you know. So hey, we're going to pay you to come out and direct this film, and and you know, it's... Well, that's, that's the other thing too. Is like we're gonna, we want you to direct this. You know, uh, like here's a paycheck. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's like like, like how much? Yeah, sure. yeah. Where's where's that line? And like what? Like as an artist, right? You know, like like what do you say? It's like okay, this is this is this is the line that I that I will not cross, right? right? Because because what they're asking for is your time, and time is valuable. And like you said, I mean, being that you were producing and everything and, and, and involved in posts, it's a little bit more time intensive. But even right. even as a director on something that you're just directing, that's still years of your life and and emotionally investment, right? And 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 as as an artist too, it's like okay, this is. This is who I am, right? And and you you look at somebody like like David Lynch or Terry Gilliam or you know even even let's say maybe more mainstream directors, um, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan or something like that, right? You say like who is this director? What is their what is their mm -hmm. brand mm -hmm. in in a sense, right? Like who are they as an artist? You know, like like you see you see a Christopher Nolan movie and, and you go in with a certain kind of expectation as far as like this is what this is what this is the kind right, of film right. that he makes, right? Mm -hmm. And if you if you took it if you took somebody like him and you look at his his library of films that he's made and then then, then there's a film in there about a dog who saves Christmas, right? Like that doesn't just really seem on brand for him, right? And and, and it's it's like looking at your career of like, okay, so now I'm now I'm the director who makes the movies that go on the Hallmark Channel about the dog who saves Christmas, mm -hmm. right? And so like, well, where where's that push and pull of that sort of thing? Like, as a Steadicam operator, ah, you know, whatever. Like, I'll go into a movie about a dog who saves Christmas right. and I won't think twice about it, right? Because I'm just operating the camera, right? There's my artistic style as an operator and what gets me hired on projects is not necessarily the content of the films that I'm on, but like the quality of 
of of the, the project in in its in its end form and like oh does does the camera movement look good is it smooth is it framed well is you know all that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh, 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 the the size of the crew and the people that I work with and, and the relationships and all that is is so much more important than the actual content of the film itself yeah I mean that, that's how I feel I mean when I'm working as a script supervisor right. I don't necessarily need to buy into the creative elements of the of the projects. I'm like again, I'm not directing it. I'm here to support the director and make sure it's right. going to cut and make sure mm -hmm. it makes sense. Make sure all those technical aspects are there. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting how it's, it doesn't matter sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, you get into like, obviously you can kind of you you can kind of get into areas where you're like, okay, what what is like like where are my ethics where where do i draw the line mm -hmm. sort of stuff like i was asked to, yeah. to a, a dp a music video and i didn't realize really what it was no they didn't even send me the song ahead of time it was like well, this is what the shots are going to be and we just need these sort of shots for this thing and i get there and this sort of like it almost seemed like a like a spoof sort of i almost thought it was like a like a like a team america world police kind of mm -hmm. like but it was this sort of like very um, right wing, like militaristic country song about like go mm. military. Okay. The, the, the chorus was something like Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. We're gonna go kill the bad guys. Kind of like it was like that was almost literally what like the chorus was something about like going off into other countries to kill the bad guys kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And I was like, like, like hold the, up. this is this is like so much like. Not my, not sure. my, like my sort of political views and stuff like that. And it's not just about political views. I mean, there's, there's political views like, oh, what should the minimum wage be, and how high should taxes be, and should we, um, you know, there's 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 those sorts of like political questions, you know. And then there's 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 other things that are like. Oh, we're 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 bombing brown people and other you know poor brown people in other countries, or we're we're taking away people's human rights, or we're like like those are those those to me are like more than just political ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Like those are like real world consequences for people's right, lives right. and things like that. That I feel like that's not just um, that's just not just politics, right? Right to me that that's something more than just politics, mm -hmm. right? And so to be part of something. That is like that. I felt was was like endorsing that. I was like, wow. I mean, I was already there, and there's a sort of, um, I, I guess, the kind of overriding, overriding sort of ethical um, morals of like, well, they've hired me for this thing, and I showed up, and they mm -hmm. they they need somebody to shoot this thing, and so. I'm going back on my word to just like leave and say, oh, I don't agree with the content of this thing. I felt like it was very close. Like it was like there, there was a part of me that just wanted to like leave, and then there was that part of me that said, oh well, as as a professional, they've hired me to do this thing, and so I'm going to do this and everything like that. And yeah, I so, feel like, oh. what's that? I was gonna say, so is it was it more? It sounds like it's more of like a lesson learned thing. I was like, I should probably clarify what the project is before oh, I land yeah it. yeah for sure so yeah it doesn't yeah. happen again yeah 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 for sure and um, I mean you know where would that line have been for me 
you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, like if I had gone there and it was like they're singing about white supremacy, like, like okay, I, sorry, I gotta go. This isn't, this isn't for me, right? Um, but it's, it, it, it's tough because in, in the world of freelance, like camera work and stuff like that, you know, I've, I've, I've been a part of projects that I didn't say philosophically agree with. And I, and I think that they, it comes down to like, like there are the, these lines, right, you know, and, um, but I, you know, that, that was, I think, the, the thing that I was, I feel like I was most, I found morally objectionable that, that, that I've done, you know, and, and, and like I said, it was, it was definitely a lesson learned. And, and I feel like it was, um, you know, as much as I, I didn't agree with it, I, I feel like it wasn't as bad to be like, okay, this is, you know, like extremely morally objectionable. You know, it was mm -hmm. it was so much on the line there for me that it was just, yeah. just very cringy and just like, I just want to go home. I just want to pretend this day never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's been that's been a topic I've talked about on the podcast before with with some different creatives with with the line that you reference mm -hmm. is, um, because that's the tough part about doing the thing you love too. It's like I just enjoy being here, being involved in the creative process. That I'm willing to work for basically nothing, or I'm willing to show up for free, or I'm willing mm -hmm. to work with people that I like, or mm -hmm. and then. You know, especially now with like you've got the the health issues. Is mm. is, is the crew keeping up with the, the health protocols? Right, right, I, right. Are they are they being cool about timing with lunch? Are they mm -hmm. letting us go on time? Are they assuming that we're going to stay in, into OT for free? Like all that kind of stuff. It's like, all right, you guys are not treating me right. I'm on, like I'm out. Like right, where's right, that? Right. Where's the line? The, yeah, yeah. On the crew side, actors have to deal with a whole different aspect of what they're being asked to do and. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff. So I, I, it's kind of come up with me too. Like I haven't, I've come close to with like projects where I'm like, I don't want to be on this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like the way this is being run. Yeah, and yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, well, I guess the lesson I'm going to take away is I'm just not going to work with this team again if yeah. they try to bring me back. But while I'm here, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, do my job right, finish it, and. Yeah, and get out. Yeah, and, the, and and I think that it's tough. Like as as a professional, you have to sort of like straddle that line, and and like you know what what it's like. Thankfully for me, I don't have any objections to you know violence and horror elements and things like mm -hmm. that. So I don't, I don't I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I, I know there's people who like oh I'm not going to do horror films. I won't do anything that has sexual content in it. I won't like that to me doesn't bother me. I don't have any moral ethical boundaries as far as that stuff goes. Mm -hmm. You know, but. Uh, like, uh, I like, mean, as long as everybody's being respected. And all right, that. right. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, it's not actually harming people or exploiting people in real life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think, um, <clears throat> I think with film and because it is art, there, there, there's a place to, to have content that um, pushes the boundaries of you know what people might say decency or or. Or, or things like that, because that's that's part of that's part of what art has always been about. Sure, sure. You know, and and I think it's 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 always in in the manner in which it's done. You know? Yeah, that's more that's more of the issue. That's more of the place where I found the issues is more of like the the process in which it's happening and mm -hmm. the lack of transparency on decisions and mm -hmm. yeah, like, yeah. We, like we can tell something's going on here. You guys mm -hmm. aren't like where's our paycheck like that whole kind right, of, right 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 like right. that yeah. kind of stuff is yeah yeah I, I did a um i did i did a horror film and there was, there was a scene where um a character gets like 
disemboweled and you know, guts and blood going on the face and things like that. Mm -hmm. And they 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 didn't tell the actor that they were that they actually had used real like oh, animal intestines for some of the thing, you know? Oh, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah. The actor was not happy at all about that. Um, and, I, and I feel like that probably just could have been mitigated if the actor had known ahead of time about that and sure. maybe given the option. Like, he might have said no, and then they would have had to find another solution. But he might also said, yeah, okay, well, just you know, let me know ahead sure. of time. That way I know what's happening. And I felt like there was definitely, that was very... Yeah, like communication, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and it's and it's it's about respect for people, you know. And and, and I tell people, um, you know, when I'm when I'm when I'm steady cam operating or like I'm camera operating or I'm I'm, a, I'm on a job in, in that capacity as like below the line crew, um, I don't I don't ever complain on set. You know, uh, the the only time that, that that I'm going to complain on set is when when I'm not being respected as as a human being. I'm not being respected as an actor, um, where my my health and safety isn't mm -hmm. isn't being respected, mm -hmm. or I'm being treated, um, I'm, I'm I'm being treated unusually um, disrespectful in the sense of like someone yelling at me because um, I didn't do what they wanted creatively, you know, without the input like, you know, oh. Like they didn't communicate with me what they wanted, and then when they didn't get what they wanted, and you're getting the blame for it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a there's a there there's a communication that can happen. It's like, oh no, I wanted this instead of that, and then there's like, oh, listen, you mf'er, I like 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 there's there there there's a difference in like mm -hmm. respect and communication and stuff like that, and then and then like as a steadicam operator, um, like camera operators and steadicam operators in 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 specific are, are, are often put in places where, where they're asked to do things that are unsafe. And there there are levels to unsafety and there there are different approaches on how um, unsafe things are, are 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 put into into action, right? So um, the, there there could be a shot where I'm in a moving car and I'm holding the camera out of the window of a car. Right, and that that can be done safely, and that can be done unsafely. That can be done in a way where the director just shows up and expects that that's what I'm going to do, and doesn't really care about my safety, just wants me to do it. And then there's the other approach where the director says, "Well, this is the kind of shot that I want, and I'd love for the camera to be here doing that. How do you feel is the way to go about doing that?" Mm -hmm. Right? There's there's all those different kind of approaches. Right? Um, I was doing another horror film where the actress was getting chased by the masked guy with a machete and we were going through the backyard and they run along the side of a pool and then they take off over there and they wanted me to um, to be leading the actress and to be running like right alongside of the pool with them and I said I'm not going to do that you know and um, I, I didn't just say no I'm not going to do that you know I I always approach things very diplomatically and things like that but it was like they had already kind of like planned out the shot. This is how the shot's going to go, mm -hmm. and this is what where the Steadicam operator is going to go, and this is what's going to happen without talking to me and saying, "No, this this is the shot that we'd like to do." Mm -hmm. How do you suggest we do that thing? You know, and 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 I I, I approached it, you know, like I said, right, right, I, right. I approached it diplomatically, but I was also very firm in like and 
try to make it like a learning experience for them. See, okay, this, this is what you're asking me to do. And just to let you know, I'm not going to do this thing. And this is why I'm not going to do this thing. And this is why you should never expect anyone to do this thing that you're asking mm -hmm. them to do, right? Mm -hmm. You're asking me to carry 50 pounds of gear that's strapped to my body to run alongside of a pool that could possibly be slippery where things are moving very fast. And even if I have a spotter, I could, I could easily slip and fall into the pool whereby not only would your camera gear and my camera gear you know, Get be, damaged, be yeah. damaged, but I'm, I'm risking my life mm -hmm. on this thing because I could drown because all this thing is holding me down and I can't get out. So let's, let's think about artistically what you want to do and how can, we, how can we achieve that in a way that makes me safe mm -hmm. and still gets what you want to do, right? Yeah, and then ideally you have, because I, I could imagine a plus of, of camera team too is that there, there is a team involved mm -hmm. and you could ideally have the DP backing you up because they have experience with this and yeah. mm -hmm. that whole kind of thing. Because I think about actors a lot mm -hmm. with uh, yeah. sometimes, especially in more of the indie world that, mm -hmm. that I navigate a lot is a lot of the actors are just starting out or they're greener and they'll say yes to things that you can kind of, you can kind of, me as not the director asking for the thing, I can kind of gauge that they're a little bit uncomfortable with saying yes to the thing, but the director hears the yes and they go, all right, great, we got the yes, we can do right, the right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So then um, sometimes there's there's been times where I have, I've had to speak up with, talk to the director and like, I don't know if this is like blah, 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 mm -hmm. because I know an actor is unlikely to speak up. So having... I don't know if you've had moments like that, but like there was one where, uh, where it was a, uh, the actor was going to get smacked in the face mm -hmm. uh, or like punched in the face, kind of like a side fist kind of mm. thing. Yeah, yeah. And the director wanted it to happen for real uh -huh. and the actor was all for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we don't actually, you don't actually get punched in the face when you're going to get punched in the face. Right, right, right. And, uh, we did it for real like a few times and then we switched angles and I spoke up and I'm like, okay, we're not going to see it in this angle. Maybe yeah, yeah, get, yeah. like tell him not to go for it. And then the yeah. actor finally spoke up and I was like, yeah, I'm actually got a headache. Like, can we, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm glad I spoke up. But yeah. regardless, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> very, um, I want to say it was the same horror film I was on <laughs> where we had uh, an actor was wearing the sort of, um, <clears throat> grass skirt kind of thing it was like a hay it was a um well kind of yeah 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 that, that sort of thing and like holding a torch like a legit mm. torch that was like burning fire sure and he's wearing this flammable outfit mm -hmm. you know and the actor was okay with it um i was the camera operator and going like this is a really bad idea and even if there's guys standing right off camera with fire extinguishers this is still a really bad idea because one little spark in this this mm. skirt goes up into flames in two seconds, and before you can get there with the fire extinguisher, the, the actor's burned. You yeah, know, and yeah. it's like I'm the camera operator, and it's not not any I'm not anywhere in that line of like authority to like say yay or nay, and I'm not being affected by directly. I'm gonna be back here with the camera. I'm not gonna get burned, but I, but if anyone's asking me, this is a really bad idea. You mm -hmm. know, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's there, and and I think so. So, so, so th those are the kind of things where, like, I, I would like complain on set on stuff is like, 
you know. I don't even think it's complaining. Well, it's yeah, just... yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, but I mean, Speaking um, or, you know, oh, we're going to go, we're going 14, you know, we're like 14, 15 hours in, and no one told us this was going to be over a 12-hour day, um, you know, and that's not, it's not about being like a whiny crew member and it becomes dangerous because you, mm -hmm. you know, you, you work 14, 15, 16 hours a day, and then you expect everybody to drive home for 30, 40 minutes. And that's, that's very dangerous driving home when you're tired and you've been working all day and people get in car accidents and things like that. And um, So I, I kind of like, I don't know how, how we initially started on this, but I think I was just kind of um, <laughs> saying as far as like like my attitude on set, you know, is, is very much, um, you know, you know I try to get, keep things positive. I love being on set and, and I feel... Um, I feel super lucky and super fortunate that, that that I get paid to do what I do, whether it's directing or it's or it's or it's camera operating or or, or anything like that. Like I, I feel so lucky to be on set that um, I, I I enjoy being there and 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 I work sometimes on set with people and it's it's a low budget and people aren't getting paid a lot of money, but it's like they've agreed to it, but then they're still kind of complaining and blah blah blah. Oh, I'm not getting paid very much and this it's like. I, I don't have space for that, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's like I'm there and, and, and I'm excited to be there and, and working and, um, you know, if, 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 if it's a low rate, that sucks, you know, but, but if I've agreed to it, you know, and, and as long as everything else is, as long as everything else is, is, is like I said, it's like I'm being respected in every other sense. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. I want to be there. And, and those, are like, as far as, like, picking people that I want to work with in the future and stuff like that, I'm always keeping an eye on that sort of thing. It's like, yeah. you, know, you know, somebody has a bad attitude or they're sort of, like, complaining about stuff. I, I don't like that. I like, you know, like I said, to be... You want uh, team players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's Yeah, tough. I mean, you're, it's, like, it's like you're going to war with somebody and you're, and you're there 12 hours in the trenches with someone. You want people there that you can get along with that have the same kind of attitude. I like to make jokes on set and, you know, laughing and have, having a good time. And, and it's serious and everybody's there to work and to get the stuff done. Mm -hmm. But we're also, like I said, super fortunate to be doing what we're doing and, and it's about... It's about the art, and I think you know part of that is is people feeling at ease and feeling comfortable, and and you know part of that's about you know having humor and, and enjoying what you're doing and um, stuff like that, and, and you know it is hard work, but it's also it's, it's fun, and it's um, you know I like to I like to bring that to set and, and have fun and stuff like that. So yeah, 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 no, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I want to jump topics a tiny bit. Oh, okay. Uh, Barely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's uh, movies that inspire you because oh. there's two. I don't know. I think I scrolled through your Instagram and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, you kind of shouted out these movies. So mm -hmm. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on them. Mm -hmm. I'll say both just up front. Mm -hmm. 1917 mm -hmm. and The Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. Those um, are more recent movies. I think those came out. 2019. 2019. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because they were considered for awards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I enjoyed both of those films immensely. Um, different films um, definitely had had similar mm -hmm. similar aspects to them. Uh, a lighthouse is definitely a sort of like an art house film. Um, definitely recommend that film to anybody. Yeah, Robert Pattinson and, and uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, incredible performances. Um, uh, the, the same director who did The Witcher, I believe. Um, the I, Witch. Yeah, yeah. The um, vi not the Witcher. 
The Witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Witchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Witch was the show with what's his face, and that was that was a fun show. But yeah, no, the the Witch. You're right. You're right. You're right. Pardon, pardon, pardon me on that. Um, and I, I, the 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 director's name escapes me, but um, but yeah, black and white shot on on fit on actual shot on film and the sort of like four by three square aspect ratio um absolutely loved it just that that's the kind of film that like i love to watch i love to see get made you know robert um, eggers that's the guy um and uh, uh 1917 sort of a an epic you know, war film. I, you know, the thing is, like, I, I generally don't like war movies. You know, um, mm -hmm. generally just not my cup of tea. Uh, but, but this one, I, I absolutely loved from a, from a, a filmmaking standpoint, technical yeah, standpoint. Technical, you know, yeah. uh, and and also just I was engaged in the film because it was very personal and it wasn't. It, it it was it was one of these ones where it's it's about a guy in in a war setting, but but the movie's not about the war. You know, it's about something personal. It's about a you know someone's journey and stuff like that, and that 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 really appealed to me, and and just so engaging, and the 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 technical aspect mm -hmm. of the kind of the the feel of the oneer, where it's these long steady cam shots, and then you're crane, and everything's kind of seamlessly edited together to feel like the camera never cuts, is uh, mm -hmm. just I I was just yeah enthralled and just just pulled in from, from from the very beginning of that film, and just I was on board all the way through, and I watched it at that at the arc light there in Hollywood, and just um, if, if if you've ever been there, the arc light's kind of cool because the the f the front row is far enough back from the screen that that you can comfortably sit in the front row of the theater and not be like looking at the film like that. Not, you know? so not I, hurt I, your neck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I love sitting in in, in the front row there and just it's just like this. You know, <laughs> like oh my god, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like and it, but it's it's not you know it's not like a, like a Top Gun, Marvel kind of movie. I mean, obviously there were some action scenes and stuff like that, but just the the drama and the tension of it, just so so well crafted and, and everything like that. I really that feel. one was directed by uh, uh, Sam Mendes. Cinematography by oh uh, uh, Roger Deakins. Yeah, he yes, got his, sir. his first uh, he got his first Oscar for that, mm -hmm. um, which which is which is interesting because um, uh, you know world renowned cinematographer who's done fantastic films and for, for him to finally get an Oscar for a, for a film like that and you, you mm -hmm. watch some of the behind the scenes about how they made that film just a technical achievement like mm -hmm. hardly anything else as, as far as like the camera team and what, what they did to make that film happen in, in the way that they made that film happen you know and obviously the VFX and the editing team did so much to sort of like stitch things together and mm -hmm. make it feel like the camera never cut but um, I listened to, I think the DGA has a podcast, mm -hmm. and uh, Sam Mendes, I'm pretty sure this is what, Sam Mendes was on there talking mm -hmm. about his experience making mm -hmm. the movie, and the one thing that I kind of liked about what he was saying was, when he was planning out all the shots, and they were, they were working through the blockings, mm -hmm. and where the camera was going to be for each moment, keep it interesting, and mm -hmm. deciding which moments you're seeing the dialogue talk, which moments, like mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. The, the one person that he always had by himself by by his side the whole time was a script supervisor mm. and I'm like oh that's cool shout yeah. out to the script supervisor because <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff for that movie is that you really need to know mm -hmm. yeah where's 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 the cut yeah mm -hmm. and how are we gonna hide this and yeah yeah, yeah. the timings and the beats yeah yeah. And... yeah I was I was watching part of the part of the behind the scenes and they had like 
the the part where he's like he's like running through the city and there's like the the, the rockets are going over the flares mm -hmm. are going over and stuff like that like they they actually so so they had the little model of the rocket and they said okay this like little action figure going through here <laughs> and 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 Deacon was actually they were taking they had like a little you know light on a stick and going like this to kind of okay this is the path yeah, that, yeah. that the flare is going to go so we can see like like we wanted to go exactly this path when he's running up this part so that the light goes over and hits mm -hmm. him just this like just like the, the attention to detail and everything like that just amazing i mean obviously that's you know ginormous budget film and you couldn't have made that like, you know they're they're sitting around all day waiting for the clouds to cover the sun just right and then they're like and oh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, kind of thing. Mm. It's like, you like, like, you know, you can't do that on an indie film. You're just sitting around waiting for the clouds to do what you want them to do, or the sun to get to the right spot. Like, yeah, yeah. like, like, who, who, who has an opportunity to make a film like that? Like, like uh, Terrence Malick or something like that. You know, um, right. Uh, but as far as like early films when I was young, the the films that that that, that influenced me, I'd say there there were three three films. Um, you know, like I said, like like Twilight Zone and Star Trek for as far as like TV stuff that I watched that that, that like influenced me greatly. But as as far as feature films, um, the original Star Wars, um, with the Wizard of Oz, and Clash of the Titans, the mm -hmm. um, the old the old Greek mythology with the the um, um, Harryhausen stop motion stuff, just. Magical, just absolutely magical, and I think from from for like for like a generation of people who watched films like that, um, like there, there's I don't know how, how familiar you are with with the Clash of the Titans. Um, I've only seen the latest reboot oh from two thousand whatever. <laughs> that that film's a travesty that does neither justice to the the Greek mythology tales or to to the original film. I'll tell you what, they had a great trailer though. I like the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> CGI the sequel, the sequel was even worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the classic. Yeah, I mean, the, the the film suffers from the era in which it was made. Can't fault uh, it for that. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like you know these sort of like long exposition films and mm -hmm. kind of some something seemed kind of hokey um, in it. But the 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 the, the action scenes and the, the all the stop motion stuff. There, there's a scene where. Um, he goes into to Andromeda's bedroom. Um, uh, Perseus goes goes into Andromeda's bedroom, and and she's she's sleeping, and there's this like kind of spell that's been cast over her, and she she wakes up from her sleep to to sleepwalk, but like like her body is still there, but it's like her spirit comes up, mm. and there's this this um, this giant bird it's a, it's it's a, like this vulture comes down and it's this vulture is holding this this cage and it, it comes flapping its wings and it lands on the balcony by her bedroom with this cage and it sits there and she she, she gets up her like spirit or whatever gets up from the bed and goes and gets in the cage and then the the vulture jumps up and grabs the cage and flaps and flies mm -hmm. away and it's this stop motion like claymation stop motion sort of stuff that that, that Ray Harryhausen does and just so magical the way the way that it happens that it and it and it 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 feels real but also in a surreal way mm -hmm. where where I, I don't know if you've seen much of that old stop motion kind of kind of work in film but it they they did it in in like short like like smaller frame uh, frame rates than they would do like like you know normal film is like is like twenty four frames per second right so they would do this at like 
15 frames per second. So it's it's a little it's a little like jumpy mm -hmm. and kind of yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you know stuttery in the movement. But but the way Harryhausen works the animation into it, he kind of he kind of plays into that. And there's a there's a feeling of like unease that it feels real how these these stop motion characters are, are moving there's something unreal about it but then there, there's something that just like their movement is so natural and it just it feels just kind of magical and surreal and it was just so captivating as a child watching that kind of stuff and that and that and that always kind of stuck with me and and, and i think you know you know wizard of oz um uh such such a like another like magical kind of film you know where where you know you know you look at it now and it doesn't it doesn't live up to the standards of like mm -hmm. the how like if they you know you know they, they they made the newer kind of Wizard of Oz movies with like James Franco and stuff like that and and you know, you know you look at like the style and the way that those films were made versus the sort of very like the MGM stagey mm -hmm. musical kind of mm -hmm. things that 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 they made back in the day when when Wizard of Oz was made, but um, you, you know to be able to to like put that aside and, and I think I mean as, as a child born in the 70s and you know you know grew up in the in, in the in the 80s and stuff like that um, I think you know we, we've seen film progress and, and definitely in the last 20 to 30 years we've seen huge leaps as far as like technical achievements in mm -hmm. film as far as like CG goes and, and and stuff like that to where there there's there's no going back to a lot of that stuff that we saw that was made in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s right right they're just like that stuff like some of those things just don't work for modern day audiences they expect yeah a certain level of stuff you know but but at, at the time like the, there, there wasn't the stuff to compare it to, you know. You know, you watch this stuff now, and you're like, oh, that looks hokey, and that looks cheesy, and that looks bad. But it's like, at the time, that was the best there was, you know. And there wasn't this stuff to compare it to, and and um, you yeah, know, you know, that, again, that was the equivalent of like the revolutionary CG yeah. at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and uh, you know, you know, Wizard of Oz, just like just 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 one of those movies that you know, every time I, I watched it, I was just always kind of captivated by the story and, and the way the whole thing was put together and um, I, I think there's definitely layers and meaning and stuff like that to, to the film but just you know the, it, it was those kind of things that like as a child inspired me like I watched them and it was just like the magic of filmmaking right mm -hmm. and th those were the films that that sort of like I watched and it was like yeah this is this is where I want to be like, mm -hmm. I want to create that kind of magic I want to create those kind of worlds and, and um, you know film is you know, you know, film is a dream, right? It's a, it's 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 just this ability to create a dream world, you know, where uh, anything can happen, um, and that that's 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 what always mm -hmm. kind of kind of appeals to me. You know, I, I get people who make, you know, movies like um, documentaries and stuff. yeah, yeah, or just you know, you know, movies that are family dramas and relationship things, and I get that stuff. Like, and 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 I and I think there's there's definitely a place for that, and and I like to go see those movies, but. Also, um, there's there, there's movies that that take place outside of reality, and that's the kind of stuff that just like appeals to me as mm -hmm. like a filmmaker and the stuff that said like that's what I want to do. Like I want to yeah, go into space. If, if you're go gonna if you're gonna play make believe, might as well yeah go all the way with it. You yeah. know, and then you know you know to get back to the earlier stuff we were talking about about like you know moral and ethical dilemmas and stuff like that, and and I think that's what that's what's great about science fiction too is to be able to. Um, to be able to to tell those stories in those worlds, because 
the, those worlds create kind of a window dressing that that sort of distracts you from what you're talking about being like you're hitting the audience over the head with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like to 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 have like Fifth Passenger is a lifeboat story, right? right? But they're not. It's not. It's not. It's not real people in 2020 or 2021 actually in a lifeboat on water dealing with the actual real problems of today. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're in a lifeboat and they're actually dealing with the real problems of today, but they're not, they're not referencing the real problems of today. They're, 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 it's all, it's all, it's all right, disguised right. and dressed up differently, but there's, it's still the same stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and just in, in a different, a different guise, you know, so. So you've always known that film was film was what you wanted to do like that that's what it sounds like to me is that is that accurate like as a kid watching those movies you're like i want to be a filmmaker i want to make this stuff and you followed through with that from from then on or did you um no i mean you know like you know, like i said i i you know i got into acting because i felt like that's like sure, I, sure. I wanted to still I wanted part to, of that same yeah, world yeah yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to act in them but um you know what i there, there was there was always that part of me, and then then there was that that part of me that um, you know I, I I went to school and I got good grades and I was in the you know advanced placement courses and stuff mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. and you were smart great yeah um, <laughs> and, and and like there there was a kind of pressure uh, to like do well in school and mm -hmm. go to college and get a degree and mm -hmm. get a get a job kind of thing not like my parents were were foreboding not uh, uh, like 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 not that's the wrong word um uh, overbearing mm -hmm. you know um they were actually really supportive of me along the way but but it was it was like they were supportive of whatever outlets i wanted to do they just wanted to make sure that I was like getting good grades and I should go to college and because I, I'm like the first person in my family to like go to like a four-year university and get a degree like yeah, yeah same here yeah so you know I come from like you know you know my dad worked at the Chevron oil refinery and and his dad was like a, a you know like like a salesman and you know, like I, I come from that line of of, sure, of, sure. of sort of thing. Not you know, I, I don't have anybody in my family who's like academia, who's a teacher or a doctor, or a lawyer, or, or or anything like that. And so, mm. there was this sort of this sort of implicit pressure to kind of do that. You know, like oh well, this is like if you have the opportunity to do yeah, this, for sure. you should definitely do this. You know, and so I, I ended up going to university and getting a degree in history and mm. I was on my way to, to becoming a teacher. I went and I, I joined the Peace Corps and was, was I, I taught English in um, uh, the, the former Soviet Union. And um, I, I was out there during, during September 11th and um, we, were, we were all brought, uh, brought back early because, because they were afraid of mm -hmm. what, what, what could happen there. Uh, to us, our safety and things like that, being being there in the Middle East, and um, so that that provided a sort of Dang. like an opportunity for me to kind of reassess my life and like mm -hmm. like what I was going to do, you know. And 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 up until that point, it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'd make films with my buddies on the side, like little video sketches just for fun and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. You had you know? your outlet still. Yeah. yeah, that was that was so it was just for fun. It was it was like a hobby, right? And because I didn't know anybody that worked in the film industry, I didn't I didn't know what that path looked like. You know, I, I didn't 
like it's not like becoming a doctor or a lawyer or mm -hmm. something like that or a teacher. It's like, oh, you go to school, you get a degree, you go get your master's thing, you apply to this program, and then you get hired. Like this, that's not how the film industry works. There's no one path to get. Some people go to film school, some people don't go to film school. Some people's father's a famous director, and then they just, that's how they end up getting into the industry, and then other people just show up in LA and walk on set and are a PA and work their way up. I mean, there's no one path. But there's also no kind of guideline, like, oh, this is how you do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so, so without that, and with, with everything else, like, my, all my other experiences were just sort of like people saying, oh, well, you know, it's all who you know. And, mm -hmm. you know, just people who don't know anything about the industry, like, telling me how hard it is to get into it and not knowing anything about it, it's like, okay, well, I guess that's not something that I get to do. Right, that's something mm -hmm. that other people get to do. So I'm just going to go and I'm going to become a teacher, or I'm going to, you know, you do something like that, mm -hmm. get an honorable profession or something, and um, yeah, <laughs> and, and um, so, but then at, at some point I, I I found myself in Southern California and was still kind of making films with my friends for fun, um, and, and and I started to like, oh. I, I'll get a camera and we'll fool around. We'll make mm -hmm. make some films, do some of those like forty-hour film projects. And it was all for fun. Sure, like I had sure. jobs and I was doing, but like just we're just doing it for fun, right? And then I started like, oh yeah, like somebody asked me to come out and do a wedding. Oh, I'll shoot a wedding, or oh, you'll help shoot this commercial, or edit this thing, or something like that. And I was like, oh, I started getting some sort of like legit experience doing stuff like tangential to the film industry where I was like working with film gear and mm -hmm. stuff like that and using skills that I had kind of developed over like teaching myself and got a job in post-production working in a, in a, in a, at, at a company doing some, some like post-production work. Um, and then doing that, met other people that were working there that were like me that wanted to get in the film industry and make their own films and stuff like that. And we started working together and, and making films um, kind of getting a little more serious about stuff, submitting stuff to film festivals and, and things like that, you know. And, um, and and then at some point, it was just like, I was close to L.A. I was, I was living in Riverside there, and I was like, I'm just going to move to L.A. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm tired of, like, looking at this and finding excuses why I can't do it, you know, and, and, and like, yeah, I can go and I can become a teacher. I can get my my master's in education, and and I'll be fifty years old with tenure and a you know a a, a, a a retirement plan and everything like that. And look back at my life and say, what if mm -hmm. you know? What if I had given it a shot? Right? Like I could I could live with it if I came out to LA and I gave it a shot. And it didn't work out. I never met the right people. I was never good enough. I never got to make a film, or I make a film and it wasn't any good, and then nothing happened after that. Like, I could live with that. I could live with giving it a shot and crashing and burning and failing. But mm -hmm. I, I can't live with myself saying like, this is something that like a, a kind of passion that I felt in my life since I was a child, and I, I never even gave it a serious go. Mm -hmm. You know, and there, so there, there was that, that, that that epiphany of, of that of like you know I mean I was 30 at least at the time you know by the time I, I moved to LA and decided like I'm going to seriously give this thing a shot mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I was uh, 2008 so yeah I was like 30 
31, 32, something like that, you know. Um, I said, I'm going to do it like it's not getting any younger. I've got this opportunity. I'm going to just do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and um, and then, uh, you know, was, was getting jobs in, 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 in like post-production. That was the easiest way for me to kind of get, mm-hmm. hit, hit, hit the ground like working and then kind of uh, as I was, Kind of learning everything I could in the in, in the filmmaking process and being more familiar with cameras and things like that. Started picking up the Steadicam as something that I would do. Is oh, I want Steadicam in my own projects. And then friends come up to me and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, well, I'm making this film. Bring your bring your Steadicam gear out and let's h- help me do my film." Okay, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't getting paid for. It. it was just I had the gears. We were all kind of acquiring gear to make our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. How much would you charge to come out? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, what? what you, 75 bucks, I don't know, whatever you got. Like, because we're just all helping to sure, make stuff, sure. right? And, and then, um, you know, and I started getting hired here and there, you know, you, you know, you know, to do steady cam stuff. And then that became a way for me to transition out of working in an office doing post production to being on set and working mm-hmm. with people and, and getting new skills and just, just, just being on set, you know, and that, that just led down the road to so many opportunities being on set, you know, um, and, uh, When when I started putting Fifth Passenger together too, it was as the sort of thing. It was like as I like mm-hmm. a, approaching forty. You know, it was just like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this film done before I'm forty. Like like I want to have at least have made one film before I like depart this earth. Right? That's I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna make make a film or die trying. Yeah, similar right? similar to the move. It was like a similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's like well, I came out here to make a film, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a film, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, as I was like approaching forty, I was like, okay, I can get this done by the time I'm forty. I set this like deadline for myself, like this is get this thing done by the time I'm forty. You know, sure. to, to like have it just arbitrary goal setting sort of stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, and did it. You know, um, uh, so yeah, so that was that. That's you know, more or less, more or less the journey and the, and the philosophy, I guess, behind it. As far as like, yeah, it was always there. You know, and and but but it wasn't. It wasn't a straight line, mm-hmm. you know. It wasn't like, oh, I graduated high school and I went straight to L.A. and yeah, yeah, went, yeah. You know, went to okay. film school, or whatever. It was definitely a definitely a like a like a, a meandering path of self discovery okay. and, and and coming coming to terms with like what I wanted out of life and mm-hmm. and and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I congrats on on, oh, on the path, man. Yeah. 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 I I relate in multiple ways for sure with. Uh, I don't like. I don't even know. I, when, when I talk to people about my path on film, I don't. Mm. I didn't know that I wanted to do it until mm. like way late. Yeah. Like, but I did the same college thing as you, because mm. of the parents and whatnot. I was like opportunity, mm. go out and get it. Yeah. I got mine in mining engineering. Oh, okay. And then uh, I didn't end up doing anything. <laughs> <like it. laughs> and now we're now we're we're here. Yeah, but, that is a story. Like I feel like like history. At least look at this is writing and there's all this guys on mining and engineering wow that's a that's a that, the that's, logistics that's, though that's quite, yeah. logistics are great okay project yeah, yeah. management and, there you go okay. and uh what's the other thing um there's a lot of work done in pre-production mm. of, of a mine too with right. like is this feasible like think of like all that kind of stuff so mm. regardless i got something out of it digging for gold digging for gold <laughs> making the money yeah, digging yeah. holes yeah yeah um there was one, I guess, one last topic. Mm. I think this we can close this out. Okay. Because um, I mean, there's plenty more we can talk about, but 
Yeah, it's, it's getting long. <laughs> but this is, I'm referencing it in the beginning, is one of the one of my first experiences with you, aside from the Jurassic Gen um, yeah. <laughs> short, <laughs> was um, I sat with you maybe a couple times to, uh-huh. to help plan the crowdfunding. Uh-huh. So just to get it out for people that are, that are curious on uh, the go-tos, the, 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 like Kickstarter and stuff like that. Yeah. Like how to, I guess maybe you can drop some, some numbers on the numbers you were able to get and mm-hmm. that can kind of help. I was like, all right, I should listen to Scott cause he was able to get this yeah. much money. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, for yeah. me, I think I pulled in 12 K for my feature. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've pulled in more for yours cause yours was sci-fi and you've mm-hmm. told me all about the, mm-hmm. the process for that. But Let's talk about the bullets on things to consider and the mm. kind of stuff you normally bring up when you have coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell people don't do it. Yeah, that's the first thing I tell people. If you can find some other way to fund your film, do that. <laughs> no, sure, no, seriously, sure. seriously, seriously. Like I, I, I've made told it to you. Great like, place to start. If you have some other way that you can fund, if you can fund your film, do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's uh, talk about that really quick. What other ways? Could should people be looking first before considering this option? From your uh, perspective, yeah, you, you got a rich, rich uncle Steve who loves you. You know, you got uh, you got your own money. You know, they always say don't use your own money, but sometimes you're doing your own project, use use your own money. Um, you know, as, as far as if if, if, if if you're starting out, there there is very very few options for you. You know. And it- Depends on the amount you're looking to get too. If you're looking for millions, this is probably not the route for you. Yeah, yeah, and and, you, and your rich uncle Steve may not be the right. You may, unless you're, might, you have a rich uncle that's a you know an oil baron from Saudi Arabia or something like that. Um, you know, you know, crowdfunding is is you know just like anything else. It's great and it's terrible in the same way. You know, um, there, there's 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 tremendous opportunities with with uh, crowdfunding, um, but but it is but it is incredibly hard. You know, we raised uh, for for Fifth Passenger our, our, our initial campaign. We raised um, over eighty thousand um, dollars, and you say, okay, well, how else could I have raised eighty thousand dollars for my film in a month? You know, mm-hmm. like a, a month long campaign. Um, spoiler alert: it was more than a month. Um, it was years in the making to get to that point where within that 30-day window we could Correct. raise that money. You know, mm-hmm. we, we shot a proof of concept trailer. We 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 uh, 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 grew a online social media fan base for the film. We went to comic comic cons and comic book conventions and Star Trek conventions and 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 passed out flyers and got like Star Trek actors attached to our project mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and did did so much uh, that that you know what happened in that one month was just a formality in a sense you know it's like you know whatever whatever pre-production you would put into a film is the kind of pre-production that you need to put into your your like crowdfunding campaign so you're like oh I'm gonna run a run a month-long crowdfunding campaign you say well what if I ran a month-long feature film production what kind of pre-production would I have to do in order to do that it's like well that's about as much work as as you need to put into your crowdfunding campaign building your social media and and, and you know uh, uh, creating a plan so um, there, there, there's there's tremendous opportunity to to raise money but but it's also terribly difficult to to do that to raise raise large sums of money to mm-hmm. raise anything over you know, like like what you did, twelve, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. You know, like if if you're 
if you don't have any big name actors, if you don't have a large social media fan base, if you don't have access to you know a lot of people with money, and you've got a small social circle, or an average, you know that's that's about the kind of the limits that I would that I would say most people can can expect to raise is, is somewhere between ten to twenty thousand dollars, regardless of what your project is, right? Um, and, and and if you want to try to raise something. Substantially more than that, getting into fifty to a hundred thousand dollar range, like like what we did with with, with Fit Passenger, you, you're going to have to really expand outside of your circle and and reach a larger audience. And and for us, how we did that was was going to the Star Trek fan base um, because we we had a project that was science fiction that 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 fit into. The Star Trek world. Not, I mean, it wasn't a Star Trek film, but it was in that genre and was was accessible to the Star Trek audience. And through personal connections, was able to get Star Trek actors onto the project. That was an easy sell for that for that audience, and that we could we could market the 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 campaign and, and the film to those people, and really just hone in on that. You know, um, there's there also. We also benefited from from a series of Star Trek fan films that were made. Um, uh, Star Trek Renegades, Axanar, Star Trek Continues. Um, so and they they all used that same model. They got existing Star Trek actors or like uh, uh, actors that had been in previous Star Trek films and, and shows to reprise their roles that they created these fan stories for. Mm. And we were able to uh, I, I I know like 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 Ryan Husk and, 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 and some other people were, were involved in those projects and I got them involved in Fifth Passenger and so we were able to kind of ride that wave and that audience and and, and the, those those people who saw those films get funding and get made knew that we were kind of part we, we kind of became part of that extended family mm -hmm. right and so so we were able to raise raise money off of off of that uh, people's confidence that oh well well some of the people that are involved in these Star Trek fan films are also involved in this fit passenger project that looks like it's going to have the same kind of quality and the same people involved and so we can trust them so we're going to trust mm -hmm. them with with our money and, and give give towards that and that that's a big thing with with the crowdfunding campaign is when you're when you're looking for like smaller amounts of money and you're like I'm just I'm putting this out to my extended friends and family network and people that I know on Facebook and things like that um, you're the level like 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 the threshold of trust that you have to overcome is fairly small you know like uh, my my uncle Steve who is willing to give me a thousand dollars towards my film He's my uncle. He's known me since I was a kid. He trusts me. He believes in me, and he's going to give me he's going to give me the money because I'm his nephew, and and that's that's all it takes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if and if and if he loses his money, it's yeah, he's 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 helping his nephew out do a thing. Um, but if it's some dude who lives in you know Tuscaloosa, um, doesn't doesn't know you from anybody else, like what what is it going to take to to convince that person? To give you even twenty dollars, right? Like they're they're um, they need to like you need to show them something that says, oh, okay, this is this is worth my twenty dollars. Like uh, you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna walk up to a movie theater and you give and they say, okay, well, give us twenty dollars and we're gonna spin the wheel 
and the you know, the the wheel might land on a on a on a spot where you get to watch the movie, and the wheel might land on a spot where you don't get to watch the movie. And mm -hmm. if it lands on the spot, then we just take your twenty dollars and you go home. Like, who's gonna who's gonna go and like give twenty dollars to a movie theater to spin a wheel and and only have a fifty percent chance to watch the movie, right? right. So and the, but that that's essentially what you're asking people to do is to spend $20 to spin the wheel and maybe they're going to get to see the movie that you made and maybe they're not. Yeah, because we, uh, we talked about already how how difficult it is to get anything done in this town anywhere. Just, yeah. so just to see a project through and all the intent is behind it. So Yeah, and uh, yeah. so, you know, you know, part of that is, is, is presentation, you know, uh, 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 you know, like I said, we we made a proof of concept trailer for Fifth Passenger, and and, and I, I I can't stress enough how mm -hmm. how much how how important that was, and how how integral that was into us being successful in in several stages of of the project. One was using that as as a tool to grow our social media campaign and get people just on board with like even before we ran or even though before we knew we were going to do a Kickstarter project. We made the proof of concept trailer just because we were trying to get money the old-fashioned way for the film, and it was mm. a way to just be like, "Hey, this is what we want to do. This is what the project looks like. This is our technical capabilities. This is the kind of production value we expect to bring to the project." And so, to to be able to have something like that that you can show people again that don't know you and have no emotional investment in you. To, to, to trust you with their money, whether it's $20 or it's $1,000 or it's half a million dollars because it's a studio or, or something like that, like how are you going to convince somebody? You know? And I think that's, that's, that's the biggest and like kind of, kind of most important thing to do um, is, is not just getting people excited about what the project is because you can, you can present this project that's going to be the, the best film in the world and everybody wants to see this film. But if they don't have confidence that you can actually pull this thing off, they're they're not going to entrust you with 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 their time and their money, and 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 part of that is like you know the presentation of the of the project, the video. It's like this is my pitch mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. It looks professional, and like if if you can't use a camera and lights and proper sound gear to shoot your video that asks people for money, they're not going to trust that you can use camera and lights and sound gear in order to actually make the film, right? And so there's, there's, there, there, there's an aspect of that, um, something with the, the sort of um, credibility that you get with like us bringing in the Star Trek actors. Mm -hmm. So they say, oh, we had Tim Russ and Marina Sirtis and um, you know, you know, people like that on, on board our project, people say, well, Tim Russ is on it. It must be. Mm -hmm. It must be legitimate, and it must be good because Tim Russ wouldn't do something if he didn't think it was good, yeah, right? If, so, if he didn't believe in you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if it wasn't up to standards, and look, they got this person, they got this person, they got this person. So there, there's there's those th those sorts of things, and you know, it's it's uh, it, it's tough and it's stressful and it's um, uh, uh, so many ins and outs, and you know, like the, the so that's why I, I I have those conversations with people because it's it's more than I could say in five minutes. It's uh, you know, I could. I I could I could talk I could give a whole sermon on 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 on, on crowdfunding and um, mm -hmm. uh, but 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 it, but it's difficult and it's stressful but it 
it is a way for, for, for people to raise more money than they could. Um, you, just, you just have to go in with, with the right expectations and, and kind of know what you want to achieve and what's possible. And, and you, you can't just go in and be like, hey, I shot something with an iPhone with my buddy, and we're going to throw it up on Facebook and expect to raise $100,000 because that's just not realistic. You know? But um, it is, like, I'm, I'm super grateful that it was there and it was an option and that people in the Star Trek community uh, uh, trusted us with, with everything to to make the film happen um, and, and, and to you know give us their money and, and, and everything like that because um, I at, at the point where we were at I don't know how else we would have made the film you know, mm -hmm. it was that was like plan C for us you know we were like okay let's try to you know all these different ways of trying to get money to to, to make the film and then at the, at the end of the day we were just like you know we, we, we had the opportunity to shoot on um, the space command sets and uh, you know, you know, you know, I approached Morgan and I said, you know, you know, we have got this opportunity to shoot there. Um, we can raise some money on on Kickstarter. I I, I don't think we're going to be able to raise all the money that we need in, in order to complete the film from production to post production and, and delivery and everything like that. But um, what if we could raise even fifty thousand dollars and we could shoot half the film? on the existing sets. We could shoot for two or three weeks and just get like half of the film shot. <laughs> and then we've got half the film shot and then we got something that we can go, we can try to raise some more money off of. Because as it sits right now, we got no money and we got no film, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, but if we go to Kickstarter and we raise some money, we spend that money and get a little bit of our film done, now we, we, we may not have any, any more money left, but at least we got some of the film done. And we can we can try to raise some more money off of that, and at least we we got something because we'd been, you know, two or three yeah. years we've been going around town trying to raise money for the film. And that was just sort of like, you know, it's it's now or never because the 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 space command sets were going to be torn down. They were gonna you know they were gonna close up the studio, and he was gonna pack them all up, and they mm. were gonna go away. And um, it was like this is a now or never, once in a lifetime opportunity to have these these sets that we have access to. Um, Again, it's just like I just gotta give it a shot, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was hairy though, because 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 Kickstarter is a sort of all or nothing goal. Like like you set a goal and say this is how much money we're gonna raise, and if you don't raise that money, you like like you know we set a goal at sixty five thousand dollars, and if we had raised sixty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, we wouldn't gotten a penny of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't we didn't hit that sixty four that that sixty five thousand dollars until like. Two or three days before the goal was was finished, and it was you know I was I was standing on a ledge, you know? <laughs> like like I like emotionally uh, psychologically I, I was standing on a ledge, you know like if this if this doesn't succeed, what am I doing? Yeah, who you am know? I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, why am I here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I uh, not only do I not have the money to to make the film. Um, I kind of not say like public humiliation because yeah I feel like humiliated because we, we gave it a shot and we got close or whatever mm -hmm. but there's also sort of thing like um, you know this is sort of like a test case like is there an audience for my movie mm -hmm. right and if you put your film out there in like a Kickstarter campaign and you can't raise the money that you're going for you've kind of said well I guess there's no audience for my for my movie you know and that that. Yeah, it was something that I was like not willing to accept. Like, yeah, yeah. There's you know. that. There's that bad feeling you get of uh, 
people don't want what I have to offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, you know, it was a, a, a humbling experience uh, to, to see that... that um, Humbling's a good word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To see that there, there was uh, an audience for, 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 the, for the film. Yeah, because I think, yeah, we talked about it before. So you hit it for like mm-hmm. three or two days before, and then there's like a big landslide of, of snow ready to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's a bad metaphor. So a but regard, regardless... Metaphor. Poetic. Like you're kind of saying, a lot of people kind of wait to, until it happens, and you had a big influx at the very yeah, end, which yeah. is which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and that and that, and that comes comes to the whole whole psychology of stuff, and that that's why I talk at length about when I when I meet with people and talk to them about about crowdfunding is the sort of the sort of psychology of success and things like that is like you know why do why do like successful real estate agents drive a BMW and come up with a nice suit, right? It's because, oh, this person's successful, right? That, 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 that psychology of that, right? And so, you know, you know that, that comes along with, with the, the crowdfunding campaign of, like, the inevitability of success, of, like, starting off really strong, you know, raising a lot of money right away to put you on that trajectory that says, yeah, we've got a month to go, but look, at we've raised 20% in the first couple days, Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. This thing is going to be successful. Get on board because this thing's going to get made. Um, and because cause people don't want to go through all the trouble, you know, like I said, the, 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 the box office analogy of spinning the wheel. Like, they, they, they don't want to give you 20 bucks to spin the wheel and maybe see a movie, maybe not see a movie. They don't want to, they don't want to go through the time of, Clicking onto the Kickstarter campaign and logging in and choosing a perk and giving their credit card number and doing all that, they don't want to do all that if the film's not going to be successful. Like, why? Why am I doing that? I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. You mean if the campaign's going to be successful? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. If, if, if if the campaign's going to be successful, if, if they don't think it's going to reach its goal, and, and you're going to get the money, why click on all the things and put in your information and log in and all that kind of stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, pe- people are kind of sitting back and waiting to see that the thing is going to happen, and you know, people want want to be a part of a winner campaign, a winning thing. You know, people like yeah, if your campaign is not doing well, you're going to have a couple people that feel sorry for you, or are going to kind of donate to your campaign because they want you to succeed. But that 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 little percentage of the population is down here, really small. Where you have the the larger percentage of people mm-hmm. that want to be part of something that is that is gonna win, that's gonna happen, that's gonna that's gonna be successful, and so um, yeah, when we when we 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 hit our goal of sixty five thousand with a couple days left to go on the campaign, and then we ended up hitting over eighty one thousand dollars at the end of the day, so we got sixteen thousand dollars in like two days. Like mm-hmm. we there was no other there was no other two-day period where we made that much money. Why did that happen after we hit our goal? Yes, because, oh my God, they reached their goal, they're successful. Okay, yeah, now I'll get, because I want to be a part of this, because I want to get the, I want to get the, the, the DVD or the t-shirt or whatever the thing is, now yeah, that yeah, I know yeah. the campaign's going to be successful. So, um, people like certainty. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's, that's, that's definitely, you know, you know, so I always tell people like, Figure out what your goal is in your mind, how much money you want to make, and then set your Kickstarter goal a lot lower than what that actual goal is because you're gonna you you want to set your goal at something you know that you can hit, 
Um, and that's that 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 takes a lot of number crunching, and every project's different. And that's something that I always kind of work with people on. That is, but you know, there there is there is there is a number of like, oh, this is how much I'd love to have. This is how much is the bare minimum I need in order to make my project happen. And then this is the number that I'm going to set my actual Kickstarter goal at, so that I can hit that and say, look, we're successful. And then you're going to have people that are going to push you up to that number that you want to be mm -hmm. at, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yep. I think that's a great abridged version of the of a, yeah, of yeah. a two hour coffee. <laughs> coffee lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think we're good. Yeah. Um, last things I like to ask. Mm -hmm. Are if people for people that want to keep up with with Scott Baker mm. and keep, see what projects are coming out and what you're up to and mm. stay in the loop, where can they find you? I live at seven two three five Hollywood Boulevard. Um, on, on, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you which apartment number, but that's yeah. Um, uh, Instagram is at Mr. Scotty Baker. Um, that's also Twitter. I don't. You don't tweet Twitter very often. I don't do it either. Yeah, I used to. I just it's just not a platform for me that I much enjoy. I'm on the Facebook um, website. Yeah. Where, oh, oh. where can they find the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you search search for Fifth Passenger, like Five Th Passenger, and it's on you know Amazon Prime. It's actually on like YouTube. Um, our, our our distributor put it up there on YouTube. Like it's what they call like a uh, AVOD now, which is mm. um, advertising video on demand. So you watch the movie, and the ads pop up, and that's okay. and that that's how it's monetized now. Is instead of you paying for the film, you're paying for the film by watching advertisements. So um, so yeah, so you can watch it on YouTube or you can watch it on on um, Tubi. I think is another thing, but uh, Amazon Prime it's it's there as well for for free with with advertisements. You know. You, know, you have to have, have have Amazon Prime. You can just watch it for free on, on Amazon. Um, and you can go to fifthpassenger.com. There's information there if you want a DVD or Blu-ray. And uh, my, my personal website is um, steadycam.la. And that's mm. that's for like my, my, my Steadicam stuff that I, that I put up there, Steadicam cin cinematography, photography kind of stuff is, is there. Um, yeah, that's... That's, that's me. That's that's where I'm at. And Instagram <laughs> is where I'm most most active, like like social media. So, um, you know, I post pictures of my camera, and my steady cam on one set, and every once in a while I'll post a picture of myself, you know, and talk about stuff I'm doing. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that stuff is. You got some stuff picking up, and you're doing yeah. you're doing some cool yeah. things. And 2021 is. Uh, is I mean I think we all have uh, hopes that it's gonna you know stuff is gonna get back we're yeah. gonna get back at it so I'm excited myself to uh, see when that starts happening for me. yeah yeah for sure yeah I'm I'm excited about the about about Flickr the horror film that that I'm right. right now and and obviously when when I have information as far as like how that's going to get released as, as part of that anthology I'll definitely like blast that on on, on social media and stuff like that you yeah know? but. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, we'll leave it at that. Thanks again for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.